when they're like walking for a while and Saeed just goes, Danielle, and she goes, here, and I'm like, what is this roll call? And welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The Hundred Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And this episode, our fun fact is just talking a little bit about your childhood pet. Um, since I don't want to talk about the fish that I killed, <laughs> I'm going to talk about my first dog. His name was AC. And it stood for assistant coach because my parents had a dog before him who was from the same litter, whose name was Coach. That's and then, so cute. And then Coach passed away. I think he got hit by a car. So they got a new dog and his name was assistant coach. That's be cute. Yeah. That, that's pretty good. Eventually, AC got just a little bit too fat and he couldn't walk anymore. So it hurt his little legs and he had to go away. <laughs> to, to a farm. I was like 10. It was very sad. For or an the island. Robins. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29 year old journalist from beautiful post apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertania, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And for my childhood pet, I'm going to talk about the fish that I did kill um, because I thought it was hungry, so I fed it mac and cheese. Ah. <laughs> I don't remember what its name was, but um, clearly it may, made a really big impact on you for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and this episode, our guest is. Scott! Hello, hello. Now, Scott, we had you on literally two episodes ago, but um, if this is somebody's, like, first episode with us, can you tell us a little bit more about you, please? Ah, my name is Scott. I am 35. I'm a Zamboni driver. I live in what would be the tropical city of Chilliwack, B.C. today, as it hit (laughs) 95 degrees outside my work. Um, Yeah, it was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I've been a Zamboni driver since I was like 18 years old, and my childhood pet that I will be talking about today is, would be my budgie that I had from probably the age of 13 till my mid-20s, who I actually had a tattoo of on my arm. I love that. Yeah, he was my buddy. Well, wait, did you say what his name was, or did I miss it? His name was Crawl. I named him after Pauly Shore's character um, ah. in Son-in-Law. I love that. That's fantastic. Yes. Today we have words to say about episode 214 of Lost, one of them. So one of them has many meanings. First of all, they're talking about one of the others. They're wondering if Henry is one of the others. So yeah, they're talking about if Henry is one of the others. A lot of the things is talking about who who even are the others. Um, But also Saeed helping the other side in his flashbacks. Also, um, Saeed helping the other side in his flashbacks can make him, like, to his allies, one of them. One of the others. Mm-hmm. Right? Broadcast date was February 15th, 2006. It was written by our favorites, uh, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. It was directed by Stephen Williams. That explains why it was such a good episode. Yeah. 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 There was more nuance to it than the last couple have had. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Long Con had some good stuff, but it's just, you survive that sort of se- mid-season two slump, and you're like, ah, good content again. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they Wonderful. fly us in with this. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Brittany is now going to recap the episode, and she is going to um, try and do it in under a minute. Either way, she is going to be sped up like a chipmunk, so... No! You can't speed me up unless it's not under a minute. That's the rule. Brittany, I want you to know that I, I haven't done that rule 
since like maybe episode okay, three. Okay, explain to me why I have to follow all of your 5,000 rules, but you can't follow that one for me. Because people, because if we do it under a minute, then people are disappointed because they like the chipmunk voice. You know what? That's so fair. Yeah. Okay. I accept that logic as true. More, multiple people have been like that. I love that part. Okay. So I cannot ruin ah, the chipmunk fine. voice. I'm okay. so sorry. Either way. That's how I picture your voice anyway. So. <laughs> oh my, yeah, yeah, that's totally fair as well. So basically, Brittany's going to recap the episode and I'm going to speed her up. Thanks, man. That's basically it. It's going to be a minute-ish. That's actually how Robin listens to all podcasts, just in case like anyone didn't know. Robin listens to podcasts at 1.2 to 1.5 speed all the time. So we sound like ch- chipmunks. You can't do it at the two time, can you? No, 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 no. That's no. too much. No. But I have seen her watch TV shows at two times. Oh, Lord. At two to- I only watch them at two times if I've seen them already. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just, let's just say Riverdale. <laughs> I only, wait, if I'm watching Riverdale to enjoy watching Riverdale, I'll watch it normally. But if I'm watching Riverdale because I have to like zoom through it so that I can do my notes, then I'll watch it at point at two because yeah. I don't got time for that. Efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm going to do this now. Okay, cool. Anna Lucia tells Saeed that she saw one of them, but actually it was just his best friend, Rousseau. Love that for him. He and Rousseau decide to take a peaceful walk through the jungle, and wouldn't you know it, they come across a mystery. It's a yelling balloon enthusiast named Henry who is caught in a net. Sad. They free him, and then Rousseau shoots him with an arrow because she has a weird way of making friends. Saeed and Locke don't believe that Henry is an innocent balloon fan who has never done anything wrong ever in his life. Saeed decides to torture Henry to get the truth out of him, which is a bummer for Jack because he, like, just finished packing, patching him up. Jack forces Locke to miss pressing the button while he saves Henry from Saeed and things go a little weird in the hatch. Saeed thinks Henry is one of the others. Elsewhere on the island, Sawyer finds Hurley hoarding for food and asks him to help him hunt a frog. Yes, that's really the whole plot line. <laughs> in the flashback, Saeed and his commanding officer, Tariq, are caught by a group of... Yes, I can't so You should start that whole thing I'm over going again. to. Okay, Mom. In the flashback, Saeed and his commanding officer, Tariq, are caught by a group of Americans during the Gulf War. Saeed covers for Tariq and tries to lie about who he is. The Americans haul him in to translate their interrogation of Tariq, which he fails at. Jack's dad courses Saeed... Jack's dad? No. That, you know what's weird is I actually have Kate written down. Okay. I'm illiterate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Kate's dad courses Saeed into torturing Tariq for information, which he succeeds at. Now he has some new skills and $1,000 for his troubles. Wow. Cool. Cool. I kind of forgot that the whole, like, not forgot, but, like, I was summarizing it, and I'm like, wow, Sawyer's entire plot line here is catch frog. Catch frog. Once catch frog, kill, kill frog. frog. <laughs> well, see, and that's what I, like, one of the things I wrote down, like, we, we, we get this, like, the, one of the biggest characters that's ever been on a TV show introduced, but yet the side story in the episode is a guy trying to catch a frog that's annoying him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. It's like, this is how you can tell Lost was starting to have to, like, stretch stuff yeah. out so bad. We're, we don't have enough storylines to actually, like, fill anything, so let's just have Hurley and Sawyer go out and look for a frog while we have this whole other massive storyline going on on the other side of the island. And for some reason, like, and it's kind of upsetting, it kind of works. It does. Fully. And it's interesting because it's like, it's literally just Hurley and Sawyer. Jin is like there for 3.2 seconds and then leaves for the rest of the episode. But like, it's literally just Hurley and Sawyer. And like, does Hurley have some really great moments where he's finally standing up for himself in front of Sawyer? Yeah, totally. And does Sawyer have a little bit of character development by apologizing to Hurley and truly asking for his help? Sure. But does their storyline in this episode move their characters forward at all? Not really. No. You know, so it's interesting. It's interesting. It's it's part it of the really a good episode. Yeah. If it if they weren't on an island. It's it's another great example of Lost being able to be like, is this episode very, very intense? Totally. Here's a little bout of joy sprinkled in here. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I was just thinking like it's kind of like expose in a way where you're mm. getting a complete side plot of something completely inane that has happened on this island that you wouldn't normally see. Mm-hmm. 
But it's like, uh, it, it, it would be a throwaway line in another episode, which is, oh yeah, Sawyer and I hunted a frog the other day, and then I watched mm-hmm. him kill it. And you're and like, like, cool, mm-hmm. wonder what happened there. I'd pay money to see that. Mm-hmm. I have great news for you. Yeah. With his bare hands. They, they go through this whole thing, and all you end up feeling bad for is Hurley having to be like, yeah, the fat guy's hoarding food. I'm fat, 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 fat. What do you want me to do about mm-hmm. it? And it's like, no. Exactly. Yeah. Just, it, it, it just makes me sad. Exactly. Yeah. I said that same thing to Robin. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I kind of forgot that so much of Hurley's plotline in this show, especially- It's just being the fat guy. Exactly! And it's so frustrating! It's, it's so- Well, because I would assume, like, I didn't get to watch the whole series live, but I'm assuming that one of the, the plot things where everyone was talking about, like, okay, so these people are on this island, but yet the fat guy doesn't lose any weight. Yep. Right? So I guess they had to throw they had to throw stuff like that in there just to, like, I guess, suffice the fans to be like, well, he's not losing the weight because the island doesn't want him to lose the weight. Like, oh, come on. But... Well, there That's is... a good you know, point. Yeah, there is a, a moment that I believe has happened already that I believe is to Charlie, and if not to Charlie, it's to Arzd, because those are the two people who really call out Hurley for not actually losing any weight, and Hurley does say that he is... No, it's to Charlie. It's for sure to Charlie. He says, um, I'm actually down a notch in my belt, but I'm a I'm a big guy. It's gonna be a while before you want to give me a piggyback ride. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I remember he says later in season two to, uh, to someone about how it won't let him lose the weight and when he and when he was hoarding the food or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to remember. Yeah, but um, we will talk about that very soon. Okay. Um, before we get started, though, here, we had a really incredible voicemail from one of our listeners. Her name is Isra, um, and she is at Isra Glass on um, Twitter. That's a beautiful name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's a joke about Ira Glass. She has a beautiful voice. That's why I thought it was a beautiful name. Yeah, <laughs> because her she- last initial is M, so I don't think that's actually her name, but if it is, cool. Either way, she's coming on the podcast in uh, next episode, I think. Or mm-hmm. not next episode, oh my god, next season. But she sent us, like, the most important voicemail ever, because we have said multiple times, almost every time we have a Saeed episode, we're like, just so you know, um, we have done, like, very m- minimal um research on this and if there's anything that we get wrong please 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 let us know or if you have any insight on this please we would love to hear from you yeah we put the research in but at the end of the day wikipedia can only tell you so much and actual people who are from actual cultures will be able to tell you way more yeah so Mm -hmm. let's let isra speak for herself um here is her voicemail Hey Robin, Brittany, uh, and Scott, I think you're on this episode too. My name's Isra, I'm a Canadian Muslim, and I want to talk about Saeed from a Muslim's perspective. I'm not a scholar, and I'm not speaking from everyone, just speaking for myself. The first thing I wanted to talk about were the flashbacks with Saeed and Tarek in that scene where it's just them alone in the room with that torture box. So the first thing they start talking about is... <laughs> Tarek tries to intimidate Saeed, like, I'm the officer, like, you child, like, what are you even doing here? Leave, basically. And then he kicks it up a notch, like, your father was a hero, like, what are you even doing? And there's, like, a, there is a premium on, like, being respectful to your parents and, like, not talking back to them. And, like, there's, like, a high level of putting on, like, you're supposed to be respectful to your parents and, like, that. So that's, like, an insult, right? Then it comes around again and like Tarek says some pretty horrible things but the only thing that makes Saeed flinch is when he mentions suicide you can see the disdain in like Saeed's face for him when he says that like suicide is a huge taboo in a lot of Muslim cultures 
Tarek telling Saeed to kill himself is like the rudest of the rude thing to say. Like it's so offensive. And I understand like in a lot of cultures that's a rude thing to say. But like killing someone or killing yourself, like hurting yourself even, hurting someone else, like those are all really bad things to do. Like they're viewed as like huge taboos in Islam, right? So him telling Saeed to kill himself, like Tarek's telling him that explicitly. And then when Saeed comes around and asks him for to take it back, he spits in his face. Like it's so beyond rude. And I understand. So like first thing I wanted to say is like that's what it gets him to snap. Like notice his body language and notice his like reactions of his face. Like that's from understanding that taboo is like critical to understanding that scene. And then the next thing I want to talk about is something on a lot lighter note. The like little things that Loss puts in. Like Saeed's a Muslim and Loss like tries to emphasize that over and over again. In this episode specifically, when Anna Lucia comes running out of the jungle to find Jack and she runs into Saeed. Um, Saeed right there is getting ready to pray. He's doing ablution. He's cleansing himself before he prays. He goes and he's washing his face and then he starts washing his arms. Although I've never seen someone doing ablution washing up to their shoulders. <laughs> Little tiny things that lots gets wrong. Muslims only wash up to their elbows, not their shoulders. So that's a really cool thing of them to do. Um, they do it actually a couple different times. Saeed prays in a mosque during um, their greater good, although he looks around like a child, <laughs> looking at his son, like like a small child playing a game in the mosque. Um, you know, adults and people who like are actually praying, they don't look at each other. They're like focused on their prayer. But Saeed is, I understand it's for dramatic effect, but it just reminds me of like being like seven years old and like trying to pray like footsie with the people next to you or like <laughs> trying to look at them and playing games. That's just what it reminded me of. And then the last thing I want to talk about is uh, kind of like the Muslim archetype on television. If you're looking for diversity in a television show, you want people to reflect people that are watching. And you have like the Korean couple, Sun and Jin, and you have like Saeed and Mr. Echo. Like there's African characters and Asian characters and Saeed is supposed to be the Arab character. But I understand like the other people probably don't necessarily directly reflect the people that they're supposed to be representing either. But Saeed specifically, like when you see a Muslim in television, you don't really see like the Muslims that are really strict to the religion. Like the ones who are really strict, the ones who don't drink alcohol and the ones that don't have sex outside of marriage and like those, those things like that I'm talking about. Cause you don't really see that all that often when you're looking at religious people on television. And, and not that it's like a, bad thing it's just and i understand like they're they're all like there's a like a spectrum when it comes to religious people like there are people that aren't really religious that are like kind of muslim or kind of religious and then it comes all the way to like the really strict people that like on television i don't think i've ever seen the like super strict muslim people and i just kind of was curious to see them oh and also saeed is an arab man naveen andrews isn't like so when naveen andrews talks it's kind of funny because his accent isn't great. Naveen Andrews is Indian one, and number two, he um, was born and raised in England, so like he has an act, it, like he has like a British accent. I don't know which one specifically, but like, and his voice is really nice, it's beautiful. It's just anytime <laughs> he speaks in Arabic, like it's, and I understand that they do try. It's just very entertaining. Like if you've ever seen Arrow, they 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 also have like some Arab Arabic words, and it's oh, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. If it was a bit of a downer, I'm sorry. But um, I'll be really 
like you guys' uh, podcast. It's always so much fun. I love The 100, I love Lost, and I really like listening to you guys' podcast, and it's so much fun. I hope you guys have a really fun time recording, and I'll see you guys, or I'll listen to you guys. Yeah, thanks. Bye. And there's her voicemail. <laughs> Um, so once again, thank you so much to Isra for sending in her voicemail. I think it really adds a lot of nuance to this episode mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have had if she hadn't written into us. Um, so yeah. And Scott, you listened to it too, right? Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I sent it to him. I, I did. Yeah, no, I listened to it at work today. Um, no, first of all, I've got to say her voice is beautiful. I can listen to her do like books on tape for hours there you go a new career path yeah (laughs) yeah no i was listening to i'm like god she has got such a nice voice just a nice like like reading voice i was like man i'm like read me some like refrigeration stuff (laughs) (laughs) read me fridge magnets (laughs) yeah no like i i I would never i didn't even clue in till after she said it about saeed like like washing himself down before he prayed i didn't Mm -hmm. even would never have picked that up if she wouldn't have pointed that out yeah same yeah totally Um, And I like that she pointed out that Naveen isn't actually even Middle Eastern. He's, uh, he's Indian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I never really picked up on that as much. Like, I feel like I knew it, but I never really thought that hard about it. No, because I think we talked about that um, just because I think in Sense8, his character actually was Indian. Right. So we talked about, like, how he was, like, properly cast in that as opposed to mm -hmm. being cast as the the Hollywood thing where they're like, oh, you're vaguely close. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Totally. Well, and, and his English accent comes out so much throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it, he doesn't have that good, he, it, yeah, his natural accent comes out way more than his actual, like, acting accent that he's mm-hmm. trying to do. Yeah. And yeah, she hit, she hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. So, um, we super appreciate, um, Isra writing into us. It totally changed our, uh, our perspective on this episode. So I'm so excited to discuss it with you guys. And if anybody who's listening to this has thoughts, we actually have another email for the spoiler section that we're going to talk about. Um, that deals with spoilery things. So that's why it's, it's back there. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that as well. But if you want to send it us in an email or a voicemail, our email is aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, cool. Should we get started then? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start with Sawyer and Hurley and our new format that we're trying out is summarize the whole scene and then discuss the scene rather than going point by point. So that's what I have done. All right, here we go. Sawyer is having a hard time because this heckin' loud-ass frog won't shut up. (laughs) (laughs) He tries to get Jin to help him, but I guess Jin doesn't want to. Sawyer's walking through the jungle trying to find the frog when he comes across Hurley dipping a chip into a giant tub of ranch dressing. Sawyer loves blackmail, so he tells Hurley (laughs) that he'll keep his secret if he helps him find the frog. And that's the the scene. That's like half of their plot line! I know. My main question about this is why isn't anyone else annoyed by this frog? frog like this frog is very clearly deeply annoying but nobody else seems to care other than sawyer i'll be honest i want to know how long how long is ranch dressing gonna be good sitting out in the sun on an island that's the thing that's the thing that i'm watching that and i'm just like no you go to save on foods you get yourself some like con queso like tostitos dip you get rid of that ranch crap because it's probably curdling Take care of yourself, Hurley. 
Stay away from that stuff. Ew. He probably had the most wicked food poisoning. Well, the the best oh. thing about this is that, like, Sawyer sees it, and he's like, aren't you supposed to refrigerate that before you, like, after you open it? And you're like, good point. And then Hurley is like, well, actually, um, it says that it's fine at room temperature for seven years. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what brand of ranch are you using? Dharma brand. But I gotta mm-hmm. say, it's a little hotter than room temperature on that island. So, yikes. That's so fair. <laughs> yeah. No one is not sweaty on that show, ever. I'm not eating anything that's been out in the sun on that place. Exactly. No. But it's funny because Sawyer's face is like, oh, well, thanks for the fun fact. (laughs) He's like, I didn't know. I was making a joke. Oops. Um, But before then, he asks Jin to help him find the frog, and Jin just doesn't want to. He just, like, walks away. I don't blame him. And he's like, cool, so we we are not friends? (laughs) And I'm like, just because someone doesn't want to help you in this one moment doesn't mean they're not your friend, bud. Like, if... If you asked me to hunt a frog, I'd be like, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, that one- do you want to hike with me to find a frog? I'd be like, mm, no. I would help you find it to relocate it, not yeah. to kill it. Exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. Which I think Hurley thinks that he can convince Sawyer to do anyway. Make it a nice little frog motel, put it on the other side. <laughs> Make it nice for the baby. <laughs> put it on the beach. Yeah. Sawyer calls Hurley rerun, which is a reference to what's happening. Sawyer calls Hurley rerun. Fred rerun Stubbs was a heavy set character on this TV show, which aired from 1976 through 1979. So another fat joke. Wow. We kind of talked about this already, but Brittany, do you want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on the cliche of Hurley and food? Well, it just, and I had the same problem with this is us. Mm. is you can't just have a character exist like they always have to bring their plotline back like so of course so much of Hurley's earlier plotlines were going to be oh well let, he's fat so instead of his plotline being about this or this or this a lot of his side quests are going to be how does he get food and I'm like oh my god like I get it on one level but on another I'm tired of it then mm-hmm. that's really why I had it, trouble with this is us it's it's a cheap plot to do with every single fat characters have them go back to that or have them that's their dependent or like yeah like i with this is us yeah when she's just sitting outside their old house just sitting there eating mcdonald's over and over and over again exactly yeah as the devil's advocate for this is us because i do watch this is us and i know that some people who listen to this do also watch this is us i i watch it too i think it's a great show i just i haven't watched this season yet. it's pretty good actually i'm not caught up yeah also i have three episodes that i haven't watched but i do have to say that kate's storyline does evolve very heavily into a romance story instead rather than that it it has kind of gone back after i mean minor spoilers for this is us but after the pregnancy it was sort of a you know worry about how big she was and everything so like it did eventually go back to that sort of thing so i do agree with you there but i also would like to say that kate's storyline is not all about that all the time but it's like when you have someone who's like crazy skinny, mm-hmm. it is never about how crazy skinny they are mm. because people perceive that to be healthy when in reality, like if they're not eating, they're in a huge amount of danger. Mm. But it's never about that. It's always about Hurley overeating, not anyone under eating. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the frustration. Yeah. We even got the scene in season one where they make Hurley buy the two seats on the airplane. Yeah. Right? Yes. We- that, that embarrassing moment, right? Like, that's... Yeah, that's something that um, our friend Claire was really... Um, that she really liked about it, actually, was she said that it was a really good microaggression to show because mm-hmm. um, it, I think that for people who would 
commit those microaggressions like watching that happen to Hurley a character that you really care about not that you shouldn't not that you don't care about every person in the whole world you know what I mean but like a person a a character who you've gotten really close with this happening to them you're thinking oh my gosh how rude what a what a disgrace this is and so next time that somebody who might be susceptible to doing that sort of thing next time they are thinking about doing it they might think differently because that happened to Hurley that is a good point I will grant you that my next question was why didn't they eat this food in the 204 feast oh I don't know wasn't he was he already starting to hoard this stuff away is that what maybe it's weird just because yeah. he spent the whole time in 204 like at the end there being like we're 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 all eating all of it slash i'm gonna destroy all of it and then it's just strange to think that after that whole revelation he was like i'm just gonna keep Whoops. a little bit for me you know yep yeah. yeah or he found or he found um another drop yeah, exactly. It's just not really consistent. Yeah, it's not consistent, no. which means that they didn't know what to do with Hurley, so they decided to give him this plot line. And I'm like, well, you didn't know what to do with Sawyer, so you gave him a frog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, Sawyer is going to do something with a frog because he's so kooky. Who can join in his kooky shenanigans? How about Hurley? He's not up to anything. What should we have him catch Hurley doing? Mm, food. And it's like, okay. You know? Yeah. I know, I know. It's a Friday Friday at 3 o'clock plot twist. So true. Mm-hmm. Wow. I do have to say that the one thing that kind of bothered, like, especially bothered me about this part was that he's even keeping peanut butter. Like, <laughs> there was peanut butter, like, specifically. Because <laughs> he knows that Claire yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, is it like he's keeping this peanut butter so that when they run out, he can be like, I have more peanut butter! Or is he keeping it because Charlie was a jerk to him that one time, you know? I think that this is also funny that Sawyer, like, has a gun out, because he stole all the guns last episode, and now he's like, I have my gun, I'm gonna shoot this frog, and I'm like, that's the- it's a really small frog. (laughs) Also, you're gonna miss, bud! Yeah, either he's gonna miss, or he's just gonna completely eviscerate this frog, (laughs) and it's just going to explode. Yikes. You just picture the scene from South Park, like the first couple of seasons when they shoot that deer with like the bazooka gun, like, it's coming right for us. I was literally like being like, that was a dark twist on Princess and the Frog. Mm. Oof. Actually, wasn't that Prince's name Naveen? The, yes. Yeah. Okay. Sawyer and Hurley are walking through the haunted damn jungle, <laughs> trademark, and Sawyer is mean to Hurley about most things. Hurley is fed up and tells Sawyer that he doesn't care who knows about his stash. At least people like Hurley and good for him. Sawyer knows he needs Hurley's help to find that frog, so he apologizes. <laughs> so Sawyer is good at everything except knowing who Babar is. How do you not know who Babar is? Um, I'm going to read out who Babar is. Did you ever watch, did you watch Babar? I had, um, my sister's baby blanket is actually my baby blanket. Uh-huh. And I picked it out in a Hawaiian, like, swap meat craft market because I loved Babar so much. So it's like, all embroidered with, like, Babar characters. I watched Babar, too. See, I remember it, but I didn't watch it. But I'm, like, five, six years older than you yeah. guys. Well, I, was old. I think just just Robin, because I'm oldish now. Yeah, just, yeah. You're almost, you're almost I don't, Shut up! Shut up! Say it with me. <laughs> I'm in denial about this. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, it won't! It'll be fine. Happy things are still are happening in your life, Brittany. I mean, tomorrow I have to get dental surgery, so they're not all happy. Yeah, but the future is bright. Okay, so let's talk about Babar. <laughs> I would love to talk about Babar. Sawyer nicknames Hurley Barbar, a mispronunciation of the name of the title character of a 1987 animated television show based on the books by 
um, some French guy. Babar, <laughs> Babar is a young elephant who undergoes many challenges and adventures, but always finds the strength to rise above difficulty and search out every cloud's silver lining. So, like, that's really nice to call Hurley that if it wasn't about him being large like an elephant. Yeah, true. Like an elephant? Yeah. Yeah, like of all, like all the other things in here, it's like, yeah, that's totally Hurley, but yikes, you know? If he was going to make an elephant joke, at least go for Dumbo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then it's not so much a fat joke as it is sometimes Hurley's just a little bit dim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's got big ears. <laughs> you sure. <know. laughs> sure. But I, I think it's so weird because Sawyer is, like, so proud of getting everything right and so proud of his references that he, like, is, like, gets a reference wrong. And then he's like, oh, whatever. And then he, like, completely lashes out because he's like, please ignore the mistake I made. <laughs> I was yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um. Good for Hurley for standing up for himself, though. Yeah. He must be so tired of being bullied. Mm -hmm. I feel like the this is like the beginning of Sawyer and Hurley's real like actual friendship here. Season three is when it really comes to like we are friends now. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, Sawyer still isn't like the nicest. Well, because Hurley's finally started standing up to him. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that's I think that's what Sawyer has kind of almost. It almost seems like he's been pushing him to do this whole time, like to get to his level, stand up for himself, and be like, oh okay, like we're cool, like. Mm-hmm. I can't just push you around anymore. You're at the same level as me now. Yeah. Like, and that's almost what any kind of, like, bully doesn't want, but will actually respect, it seems like, at the end. That's a good point. I never thought about the fact that, like, Sawyer maybe wants Hurley to fight back a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fine. Go ahead. Tell everyone the fat guy's been hiding ranch dressing. The fat guy likes to eat. Yeah, I'm fat. Fat, 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 fat. You think I don't know that? These people like me. Find the damn frog by yourself. Early, wait. Wait. Hey, Early. Look, man, I'm sorry, all right? This frog is killing me. You gotta help me out. Please. And Sawyer knows that his nicknames hurt people's feelings because he curates them specifically for that, you know? And so when Hurley says, whatever, I'm leaving, you're a jerk, I'm not helping you anymore, Sawyer, like, specifically not only uses the words I'm sorry, but also multiple times uses the name that he has been given for Hurley, you know? Yeah. Like, he, I don't... I don't think at this point Hurley knows that his name is Hugo. I'm pretty sure he knows that his name is Hurley. Like that's that's all that the name that he's been given, but he is using Hurley because he knows that's like his preferred name. Yeah. Rather than the nicknames because he The he's bar like, is so yeah. low for Sawyer though. So low. I know. Like I literally wrote the note, good for him for saying the words I'm sorry. And then I was like, what kind of note is that? Good for him for saying the words I'm sorry. Yeah. What? That's a big moment for but then he goes and crushes a frog with his bare hands. Yeah, so. literally. So you're like, hmm. Six of one, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. two steps forward, but no, it's one step forward. You can see, you can see what, what what he's going for when he like specifically says, "I'm sorry, Hurley, Hurley, Hurley is your name." Okay, I know, I understand. You know, he's like, "Well, hey, dummy." I, I would almost think you almost start, would start calling him Hugo just as like um like just to tease him as well as a nickname because he knows that he doesn't really like it that much, anyways. Yeah. Oh my god. If would, he knows, that'd be so mean. I like specifically remember Hurley at some point saying. Who the hell is Hugo Reyes? But I don't remember when whether that happened or not yet. Anyway, <laughs> perfect. Uh, the final scene of the storyline. <laughs> 
Sawyer and Hurley find the frog. Sawyer catches it in his hands, and they discuss how cute it is. Hurley tells the story of a turtle he had once named Stuart. Hurley doesn't want to kill the frog, so he offers to take it far away. Sawyer then fully crushes the frog in his giant fist and hands the frog guts to Hurley. (laughs) Why did Hurley take them? Can't even imagine. You know what would have been awesome if he would have had if they would have been in a, in a back where Hurley had the ranch dip and he would have dipped the frog in the ranch dip and what ate it or just gave it back to him? Been like up oh. or, or or something like that. I don't know. That's Be oh like, my oh, gosh. You want a snack? Yeah, I don't know. I just that's what I was picturing after. Like, oh, that would have been so awesome. That's so dark but and so fantastic. That's the bad heel wrestling fan in me. So. I I just know, like, as a person, if somebody, like, were, was like, here's a frog, I'd be like, cute frog. And then as soon as it's crushed, I'm like, I am getting as far away from these frog guts as possible. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let Sawyer get close enough to hand them to me. Like, I'd be, like, I'd be ten feet away already. Yeah. As soon as it's like, that is gross now, I am leaving. Like, I, um, I gotta go. Bye. Multiple screams w- would occur, for yes. sure. Well, yeah. the one time you saw a spider in my room, you booked it very fast. Yeah. I, I don't like... St- creepy things mm-hmm. um why is it just this one frog yeah what is it not like more... a species of frog yeah it's a tree frog okay there's usually more than one tree frog in an area yeah he had a, a turtle named Stuart, and he says yeah my mom said he ran away but i think she threw him away oh. i'm like threw him away where just into the garbage down, down the toilet <laughs> that's where he lives now did he put him like in a river or some, did she put him in a river? Or, like, what happened to Stuart? The real unanswered questions on Lost are what happened to Stuart. I'm surprised they didn't make that into an episode. Yeah. <laughs> they should have, though. That would have been so funny. A bit better than Jack's tattoo episode. Oh, drag yeah. him. Hey. But Hurley wants to... I skip it every time I do a rewatch. So. Yeah. Good. But Hurley really wants to save the frog, and he says maybe he'll find a Mrs. Tree Frog. And I was like, Hurley, if he finds a wife, there will be more frogs. And that's not what we want. Well. In seconds. So then, ew, frog guts. He just... Yum. Oh my god. I just, like, can't stop thinking about, like, how it's all gonna start, like, coming out as, like, knuckles. You know, like... Ew! Once he crushes it, then it's like, where do all of the innards go? You know? Well, even the the crunching of the little frog bones, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty bad. Yeah, not so cute. I could have lived without no. that detail. Like, when they did, like, the crunch, I was like, oh. <clears throat> did I need this? It was also one of those, like, dumbass moments I had where I was like, huh, frogs have bones. Oh, it's my like, gosh. It's like, of course they have bones. But, like, for... Yeah, people eat frog legs. Yeah, but, like, for a hot second, I was like, what? Like, what? I don't know. I... Okay, so here's my main question for the entire... This entire storyline, Okay. Okay. So in Outlaws, in season one, we see Sawyer going after a boar, right? He spends the whole episode trying to find a boar and then he finds like a baby boar and he comes face to face with the actual boar and he can't kill the boar. Yeah. Um, Obviously, a boar is a much larger animal that, you know, you can look it in the eyes and, you know, have a standoff and stuff. And this is just a small frog. But how is this moment different than that he couldn't kill? Boars are big and they have tusks. That's true. You can't crush a boar in your little bare hands. Yeah, I feel like there is a vulnerability to the frog that there isn't to the boar. Mm-hmm. Like, the boar does have an ability to defend itself and the fro- frog is helpless. Yeah, yeah, and I think in Outlaws, Sawyer kind of saw the boar as Frank Duckett, too, as well, the man that he had killed. Mm-hmm. And he kept just seeing, just, be- like, finding more and more evidence to make him believe that this boar was, like, the resurrected Frank Duckett, who he killed Lost because- out of context. Well, he believed a boar 
was a resurrected person. Yeah, that he that he murdered, but he also murdered Frank Duckett by act by accident. I mean, he meant to kill him, but he, it, he didn't think it was actually him, if that makes sense. But he didn't want to kill Frank Duckett twice, so he didn't want to kill the boar, I guess, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. At least the boar, if you killed, you could have eaten. That, That's yeah, true. good point. What did he... Y- 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 you, you, you can't eat frog guts. Yeah, like, what did he get out of that? Nothing. He got silence, and that was it. Fool. Yeah. He, he got to look cool for five seconds, and then gross Hurley out. Yeah, to Hurley, it's like he didn't even get to look cool to Kate. Yeah. Although Kate wouldn't have liked it anyways. Yeah, Kate would have been like, what the hell, man? Like, ew. You, you killed a frog. You're like, oh, do you feel really cool and metal now? <laughs> do you guys have any other thoughts on that storyline? Not that it was, besides that it was filler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing other than, hey, that was dumb. Yeah. And I forgot about that whole storyline. Like, like, because when I think of this episode, I think of one storyline, and that's it. So. Yeah, the most important one, mm-hmm. which we will discuss. It's my now. boy. The most important one. Point, so point the the big ep- uh, the big storyline. Here we go. Said is washing up, getting ready to pray. Thanks, Isra. And Anna Lucia comes running out of the jungle looking for Jack because she saw an other out in the jungle. And, you know, she's kind of paranoid about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. TBH, Anna, if she was an actual other, you wouldn't have seen her coming. Oh. To be clear. Uh, Said says he's got it under control because it's just his buddy, Danielle. He confronts her about why she's around because she's not exactly popular around these parts considering all of the baby stealing she's been doing. <laughs> She was looking for Saeed because she caught an other in a net. Woohoo! I mean, like, freaking Scorsese. Yay! She's like, I got one! Yeah. So, thank you to Isra, obviously, for mentioning why Saeed is washing his arms, which means he's getting ready to pray. Um, but she did mention that he's washing too high. He went too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Why doesn't Saeed want anyone to know that Danielle was here? Because of the baby thing? Because she's just not popular? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, she she did steal the, try to steal a baby and make a fake fire and... Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't leave my kid with her. She would be no. at the very top of my babysitting list. Do you guys think that Saeed is, like, the only person in that camp at this point who is willing to give Danielle the time of day? Yeah. And that's why she's looking for him specifically? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Because, well, she had the chance to kill him a while ago and she didn't. Yeah. So. Wait, Scott, you just raised an absolutely fascinating question. Ooh, um, I did. Yeah, if you had, if you could pick anyone on this island to babysit your kid, who would you pick? Hurley. Oh, that's a good, good answer. answer. You know why? Because Hurley, Hurley on this show reminds me of uh, my mom's cousin, who was, uh, uh, he actually, he just passed away. He was 50, 53, 54. Or somewhere around there. It's like almost twenty years he old, young. but he was like like a Hurley kind of like, like super fun, happy going guy. He used to look after me when I was a kid, and so that totally reminds me of what Hurley would be like with my guy as a babysitter. So there you go. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um. When Brittany asked that question, I did not expect such a great answer. Yeah, that's um, a really good answer. So cool. <laughs> I like that. Brittany. Um. I pose the same question to you. You do not have any children, but if you did, who would you... How dare you? My cat is sitting right here. Yeah, but I've babysat that cat and it takes zero effort. So if it's it true. was an actual child... That's true. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 My real answer is that it would probably either be Hurley or Claire. Okay. Troll answer is absolutely Sawyer because just just once to see what adventures they would get up to. Mm-hmm. But I'm not entirely sure I would get that kid back alive. Yeah, how old is your kid? I'm going to say Walt's age. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think. 
Robin, who would you leave them with? Um, well, I think I'm going to take the Michael route and leave my kid with Sun. Oh, duh! Yeah, that would be yeah. good. She would teach him, but yeah, she did a pretty good. good job. Yeah, yeah. Teach him some Korean. Teach him gardening. Yeah, yeah and plant stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Gardening, plant stuff. Yeah. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. They have good outdoor time. Hurley would just. <laughs> he'd be fun time, Hurley. Yep. Happy go lucky fun time, Hurley. And, Video games, maybe. And scary Uncle Locke. Let's go throw knives. <laughs> yeah. So Saeed is like, Anna, don't tell anybody that you saw Danielle. And she's like, okay. And then she leaves. And I'm like, like, I don't think she actually does tell anybody. If but, I were her, though. But I assumed that she would have. Yeah. I wonder if that's the reason why. I mean, I think Jack would have come down into the hatch anyway. But I wonder if that's, like, the main reason why Jack did. Is that Anna was like, something hinky was going on with Saeed earlier. And he's like, hmm, I'll figure it out. Let's see. I must know everything that happens here. What is the tea? I think it's so funny that Danielle is like, Saeed, please trust me. And I'm like, why? You tortured him. You had him hooked up to a battery. Yeah. Like, at what point, like, how has she earned this trust back? Yeah, exactly. How has she earned this trust back? Like, the only times we've seen her is, like, she tries to, she, like, tortures Saeed. Then Saeed fixes her music box and they kind of come to an agreement. She lets him go. And then Hurley shows up. They have a chat about the numbers. Then she lets Hurley go, gives them the battery or whatever he needed from her, I think. Yeah. Um, and then she shows up and says, the others are coming. Look at this pillar of black smoke. Steals a baby. And, like, that's the last time we saw her, I'm pretty sure. So it's like, what, like you said, Scott, what has she done to earn his trust even really because when she said the others are coming as far as they know because unless like they chatted with um the raft people the others didn't even come i didn't even think about that like i think obviously they would know because they'd be like hey where's walt you know so they figure out that that the others did end up coming but like as far as saeed knows like they would know that walt is gone but like the way that danielle said it was going to happen didn't even happen so it's like, what has she done to to warrant his trust? No, well, she kind of all she kind of told him it was happening. Just they're coming for the boy, but they didn't really know what you know what yeah. I mean. But yeah, like what or why? She alluded to it, but didn't know exactly what was happening. Yeah, like Danielle herself didn't even know. She assumed they were talking about Aaron, just like everyone else did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She tells Saeed that if she's lying, he can use her gun on her. And it's like, okay, well, you know she's serious. But then Saeed is like, yeah, we'll see. And then checks to make sure that there are actually bullets in the gun. It was a pretty new looking gun. Did you guys notice that? No. I mean, I feel like I don't pay enough attention to the guns because I don't know anything about them. There's a couple of things I wrote down for this mm-hmm. episode that I was kind of like, hmm, you guys really could have done a little bit more with it. But yeah, it was a pretty brand new looking gun and strap when they show him like looking down um, to see if it's loaded and stuff like that. I'm like, you guys just go get that off a shelf yeah. at, like, Rite Aid or something like that? <laughs> right. Aid. Well, there's no way for her to get her get it from the hatch, right? So it's like, no. that must have been, like, from, like, back when, when she showed up. So Sawyer dropped one, and she's like, oh, score. Dope. I'll take it. Saeed is thinking they've been walking for a while when Danielle finally is like, we're here. She picks up an actual crossbow and arrows, and Saeed finds the guy in a net. Danielle knows he's an other and not to trust him, but Saeed lets him down anyway. He says his name is Henry Gale and he's from Minnesota. Saeed lets him down anyway, but Danielle doesn't let him get far. She shoots him in the shoulder. Saeed starts taking him back to the hatch. That was a mess. (laughs) 
<laughs> Whatever. My boy is here. My first note about this scene was when they're like walking for a while and Saeed just goes, oh, Danielle. And she goes, here. And I'm like, what is this roll call? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Roll call. Danielle, here? Like, uh, yes, uh, present? Oh, there's so many spoiler thoughts. Yeah, like, like I'm like trying I'm bursting. to find yeah. things to talk about yeah. that aren't about spoilers right now. Um, uh, Henry Gale fun facts, Wizard of Oz. I have some thoughts that I got from Lostpedia. Okay. There's like hundreds of like Wizard of Oz things in this. It's awesome. So right? much, especially because, um, obviously no spoilers, but the very first episode that's centered around this character is in season three and it's called the man behind the curtain so it's like it's he's all what wizard of oz it's like his whole thing yeah, oh, yeah i guess um, the one spoiler is he sticks around yeah and he sticks <laughs> around he's he's like desmond yeah. in that way where it's like desmond as well as henry came in and they were like supposed to just be like guest stars just for this season and everyone loved them so much that they stuck that they were able to yeah. stick around and i honestly i don't know what this show would be without no. either of them genuinely I, they made the show they're the, probably the most iconic characters other than i would say Locke. Yeah. 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 Henry Gale is by far my favorite character ever on television. Yeah. So uh, here are some of the things from Lostpedia about Wizard of Oz um, that is centered around Henry. Henry says that he became stranded on the island after his hot air balloon went off course and took him there. This is a direct reference to the 1939 film The Wizard of Oz, where the main character, a girl named Dorothy Gale. What? Dreams she has become lost in a fantastical world after her house is sent there during a tornado, many points of which have a parallel within the world of Lost. The movie was based on the book. Yeah, okay. Henry Gale is the name of Dorothy's uncle in the film. I didn't know that. His name is Henry Gale. The famous Wizard of Oz arrived in the land of Oz when his hot air balloon took him there by mistake. He too, like Henry, comes to live in a community that exists in a strange location where its inhabitants seem to stand out from their surroundings. Hmm. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Another point um, when he talks about that he's from Minnesota, or no, where did he say Yeah, he Minnesota, from? yeah. Sorry. Minnesota, that's where Judy Garland's from, and that's where her museum hey, is. Hey! Oh there it is. Hey! I love hearing how deeply these writers thought about mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. Yeah. Wizard of Oz was my favorite, favorite movie growing up as a kid. I love that. That's the Absolutely. perfect movie. Yeah, to Wizard of Oz and Back to the Future. But. Yes! Two completely different scopes, but yeah, no. When yeah. <laughs> the first time watching this show through, and he said Henry, I was like, oh my god, Wizard of Oz. Yes. And then the balloon, and then Minnesota. And I was like, ooh, ooh, and then yeah, season three. So Brittany sorry. has thoughts, but she's sorry. Yawning. I was I was yawning. Um, I was watching that new Netflix show, Dead to Me, and um, Linda Cardellini's cell phone thing was um one of the noises from Back to the Future. Cell phone so, thing, like her ringer. Oh was um, one of the noises from Back to the Future. And so every once in a while, I would like get thrown immediately packed to my childhood watching Back to the Future with my mom because that's exactly what we watched as like, kids. Probably the sound from when like the car comes like flashing in from like like time yeah. travel or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the sound that I get when I get a voicemail on my phone. That's awesome! Yeah. Um, and when I get text messages, it's actually the smoke monster sound. Yeah. So. That's ah. so cool. Ah. That must be really scary. Yeah. It scares the shit out of the people I work with because they don't know what it is. And so if I have my phone hooked up to like a great big speaker. Oh my gosh. That sound, <gasps> that sound in an arena is awesome. <gasps> awesome I'm for upset. you fine yes. for everyone else. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a question. I have an answer. Does Saeed know where Minnesota is? Um, I feel like I don't hardly know where Minnesota is. So if I'm from like overseas, 
I, does he know where Minnesota is? I know where Minnesota is I in can, terms of it being in the U.S. Yeah, I know it's in America. Yeah. There we go. I, I could like kind of pinpoint ish where it is. If that's where the Mighty Ducks are from. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. The um the Nickelodeon TV show Big Time Rush. The characters are also from Minnesota, and that's how I know. There we go. I only know Minnesota because of How I Met Your Mother. Minnesota. Yeah, because they say Minnesota because they're like at like Canadian adjacent. Mm-hmm. So I guess they're like northish. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're like kind of Canadian. Yeah. Well, in Big Time Rush, it's always snowy there. Well, there you go. So it's got to be northish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Geography with three Canadians. Okay, next question. How does Danielle feel when Saeed doesn't believe her? I never thought about that. Well, she she keeps saying she's like, she's adamant. She's like, he's one of the others. Like, and it seems like Saeed, once he gets down to the hatch, is also very sure that he's he's not, that he's lying. Mm-hmm. Um, that Henry is lying, that is. But Danielle is out here being like, he's an other, he's an other. And I know it for sure. And we'll talk about this in the spoiler section, obviously. But Yeah, there's a huge yes. hole with that. Yeah, so. A massive hole. So she's out here being like, I am absolutely 100% certain. And you're not believing me. And we just had this conversation about trust. Well, and the writers, like, okay, when you guys watched it for the very first time what did you guys think was he an other or was he a regular That's a fantastic question yeah because i i i automatically knew i'm like oh no he's bad shit. this man is not but the writers totally set it up for everyone to to think that way anyways because well Brittany, you watched it or no robin you watched the show live correct? i didn't i didn't i watched it um all in one summer right after the very the, uh, right after the series finale. Okay, because like I have it on Blu-ray, right? Me too. So, and it always had like the previously on Lost, yeah. and it and it like going into it, it shows you all the stuff about the others, the others, the others. Like, well, of course, this guy is obviously an other if they're showing us three minutes of like other like like moments from all the previous episodes to remind us of right. this. It's like, why did they why did they give that to us? Where instead of like we don't, we don't we don't know, like come up with it on your own instead of us like, well, of course he's another. You yeah, know? I mean, they're really accusing annoying. him. They're accusing him of being an other, right? So yeah. it's like, and, and you don't know because you never know with this show. They could be just trying to throw you off, right? I remember when I was first watching, that's something that I really loved about Henry's storyline is that is that after every episode, you have to like think about it. Yeah. After every episode, you're like, how do I feel about this? Especially in an upcoming episode called Lockdown, in which he does something that's completely different than what we've ever seen him do. And then you're like, well, now I'm confused. Yeah. You know, it's like, now yeah. how do I feel? Because they, it, it's like, they take you so deep into a psychological hole that you start to feel crazy. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, yeah. he, here's the reasons that he is who he says he is. Here's the reasons that it's not. What does the show want me to think? Well, does the show want me to think that, but they know I'm going to think that, so they want me to think the other thing? And like, you get all in a tizzy about it. And it's, it's masterful storytelling. Mm-hmm. But by the end, you feel as insane as Saeed, like, is. And Locke. Locke yeah. gets majorly manipulated by by Henry, and the whole mm-hmm. time you're thinking, is he manipulating him on purpose, or is he just saying things and Locke is taking it the wrong way? You know, you just can't tell. Yeah. That's what I love about it. So did you, what did you guys think when you first saw it? Other, or... You know what? I'm not sure about this episode specifically, like the very first time we saw him, but I know for a fact that I flip-flopped. I yeah, flip-flopped so I. a bunch of times oh, before, yeah. before it was revealed. Yeah. I I remember flip-flopping and then for a, for a long while there, I definitely thought that he was going to be someone's lesson in paranoia. Mm. Like I thought his character would be killed and he would, ha- it would have to be, you know, Locke or Saeed learning some kind of like lesson about 
trust, mm. which sort of turned out to be right, but in the other direction. But definitely once he started to stick around for more and more episodes, I was like, okay, this guy has, there's way more to him than we think there is. I yeah. feel like, yeah, what you just said could be what Henry's original thing was supposed to be yeah. because he was originally just supposed to be here for the seasons. Like three episodes or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like maybe that was going to be his thing is that he was going to die and was going to move forward yeah. another character. But of course he's absolutely incredible. So they couldn't get rid they couldn't lose him. Did like Michael Emerson for no. one episode and they're like, oh hang on, we accidentally just discovered a genius. Yeah. Why doesn't Danielle want to kill him? She says, if I wanted to kill him, I would have killed him. I don't know. Is it just because yeah. she wants to prove to Saeed that she's right? Maybe? they Because they need to get information out of him? Like, that's the reason why, and I, I'm going to talk about Ethan a little bit later at the very end of this storyline, but um, the reason why they wanted to have Ethan alive was to ask him questions because Saeed is like, hi, I'm a torturer. <laughs> let's get questions. Let's get answers. And Charlie went ahead and killed Ethan anyway. Yeah. And then they, so they couldn't get any answers. So I wonder if But would why. Ethan have ever given anything up anyways? I don't that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he would have. But another thing that she says is he will lie. He will lie for a long time. But it's like, at that point, you're like, but if if you know that he's going to lie, why bring him here in the first place? Yeah. Like, what was the point of any of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we learned that Michael Emerson can take a punch. Seriously. Henry and Cusick learned that later, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saeed's in the hatch and wakes up Locke. They discuss the tea. They discuss the tea uh, and ask Henry some questions. He's simply an innocent hot air balloon enthusiast. Hello. Who crashed on the island with his wife. He's who never done anything wrong ever in his life. Exactly. Thank you. Who crashed on the island with his wife, who unfortunately died. Jack shows up to treat Henry's literal arrow in his body. <laughs> They're like, hey, he just so we're clear, Jack gets to the bunker. The bunker the hatch and he's like hey what's going on and Saeed's like oh yeah this is my friend Danielle she shot a guy with an arrow can you take care of that and Jack's like okay, okay. <laughs> Saeed wakes up Locke and all I can think about have you guys seen you, y'all have seen the blooper reel right obviously yes yeah. and all I can think about is that one blooper where Naveen is like wake up and Locke is like what and then Naveen like fully just kisses <laughs> Terry <laughs> on the mouth yes. And that's all I could think about every time I see that part. Same. Ooh, a number. Where? Henry says that they crashed on the island four months ago. That's sneaky, man. Mm-hmm. Nice. There it is. Good job, guys. Good job. How did you get to this island? Four months ago. We crashed, my wife and I. Crashed in what? A balloon. We were trying to cross the Pacific. Your wife, where is she? She died. She got... She got sick three weeks ago. We were staying in a cave off the beach. He says that his wife got sick. He says she got sick. So are they now thinking, like, Rousseau's sick? Because I feel like if we look at the all that we've seen so far, the only time that we've heard, like, getting sick on the island is from Rousseau. Oh, I never thought about that. they all died. They'll die. They all die. Like, oh, that uh, that was an interesting new ending. Um. Well, and then and we know uh, with Desmond's character how he was thinking that, or they had shown that he had to take that vaccine every. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's the only other sickness that they ever knew about. So but far, then, yeah. So far, yeah. Yeah, and especially because Henry's character has already been linked to Rousseau really heavily, that the use of the word "sick." is really um, 
really clear, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, okay, so at this point, what does Saeed believe? He has not interrogated him. He hasn't really talked to him much yet. Does Saeed think that Danielle's a crazy person and shot a poor dude? Or does Saeed think that he's another already? My gut tells me that Saeed assumes that everyone always has something to hide. Mm-hmm. So he just assumes that Henry is already hiding something because he's on an island. He was in a net. He gets found by someone that Saeed already doesn't trust. And then uh, this person that he doesn't trust is saying, hey, this person's a bad guy. If I were Saeed, I would definitely step, like, very lightly. Yeah. Yeah. And when Saeed's been trained just to know and to have that feel to him, you know? Exactly. When someone... Like, how good would Saeed be on Big Brother? He (gasps) would just know when people are lying. Oh my god. He would win the whole thing and everyone would be like... I didn't even notice that I was being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would just know. I love that. I love that. Yeah. When we were like, hey, what if all the Lost characters went to Disneyland? After the whole series, we're going to have to do a whole episode on what if the Lost characters went to Disneyland. And now we're also going to have to do a whole episode on what if the Lost characters were on Big Brother. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. You take Claire to the finals because no one will vote for Claire. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Except for Charlie, her showmance. <laughs> Yeah. It's so true and so sad. (laughs) Um, Saeed and Locke watch Jack help Henry. It's a lot of names. They think he's really convincing, but they need to know the truth. Saeed tells Locke to change the combo for the armory because he knows Jack isn't going to like what he's going to do in there. Locke does it. Oh, boy. I just wanted to say that we're all really lucky that even though Jack is, is like, primarily a spinal surgeon he's very proficient at like everything else yeah and we're lucky because not all doctors who have been doctors like in one area for so long still remember how to treat all the other things that he that jack needs to treat on this island so shout out would you say that he becomes um a jack Jack of of all all trades i saw that that joke coming from a mile away (laughs) i see you you're welcome so saeed doesn't trust Jack to be okay with torture, but he does trust Locke to be okay with torture. Yeah, what's up with that? And here's the thing, is that he trusts him, like, correctly. Like, Locke is, like, he's correct in the fact that Locke is, like, okay with this and Jack isn't. But, like, I just don't know where he got that from. What what about Locke so far has told us that Locke would be okay with torture? Especially when the others haven't really done anything to him. Like, with Charlie, it's like, they stole Claire. They literally hanged me from a tree. You know, like, I hate the others. Danielle's like, they stole my baby. I hate the others. But for Locke, you know, why does he hate the others so much? I feel like John would almost more like to not physically torture someone, but mentally. You mm. know what I mean? Like, try to, like get in there to screw with their head and right. like, like, like get stuff out of them that way instead of sticking thorns underneath their fingernails. I agree. I think the others for Locke also represent what he wants, which is a connection yeah. with the island. Mm-hmm. And they have information that he wants about the island. Right. So he has no qualms about that because it probably serves some agenda he might not even know he has. That's a good point. Um, in the next scene, he says that like this is just part of war. Exactly. And it's like, okay, it's not a great part of war, though. I can't really say I like any part of war, but this one in particular kind of messes me up. And at the same time, no one stopped to ask Locke, like, why do you think we're, why do you think this is a war? Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing is that Jack is starting an army. And so Locke is like, cool. So it seems to me that you think that we're in war. Mm -hmm. Sup. But no one talks about that. No. One thing that Locke says to Saeed is, listen, if you're looking for someone to punish. And Saeed's like, I'm not looking for someone to punish. Yes, he is. He fully is. Yes. And that is fully shown this episode. Because he can't punish Anna, which is who he wants to punish. Yeah. Saeed does admit later that 
Like, it was an accident. It wasn't her yeah. fault. Like, like, and which is, like, huge. Like, because how long, how, how long of a time frame are we talking from when Shannon dies to this? Like, like in legit time, like, Yeah. I can actually, like, let me look. I can actually tell you. Abandoned was day... Abandoned was day 48. Day 48 was the day that Shannon died. Um, and what episode is this? One of them. Oh my gosh. Today this today is day 58. It's been 10 oh days God. since Shannon died. It's been 10 days. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's pretty insane that he would forgive... Like, yeah, it was an accident. Yes. Like, it's, it's not like she did it on purpose. But, like, to forgive someone 10 days after they shoot someone... Yeah, I feel like it's very much part of Saeed's character to compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and if you go back and listen to or and watch Collision, which is the episode in which Saeed and Anna Lucia have their big confrontation, they both end up kind of being on the side of, you know, um, just kind of apathy at the at, at this point of like life, you know, like Saeed's like, I'm a bad person. If you're gonna kill me, just kill me. And Anna Lucia's like, I'm a bad person. If you're gonna kill me, just kill me, you know? Yeah. So I feel like in that episode, Saeed and Anna Lucia come to an agreement in which it's like, I understand you, but in my heart of hearts, even if I had come to an agreement like that and come to to peace with the idea that it was her who did it, I still don't know if I would be able to fully forgive her. No. Or even look at her. No. For like a while, no. you know. So I definitely think Where's that he's looking for someone to punish, and he can't punish on Anna Lucia because of that conversation they had. So he is looking for someone to punish, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, and you see it later when he's in in the, the vault with mm-hmm. him, um, talking about you would have known how many shovels of dirt yes. and all of this. Like that. That is such a good scene in that. So episode. good. Where, you, where like when he yeah, we'll, we'll talk. It's about breathtaking. That. It's so good. It truly. Yo, like, yeah. I don't. I mean, I know we're not there yet, but I just think the emotion that Naveen puts in there, like, without us even knowing if, like, that's ever been a place that Naveen has needed to get to emotionally, but just, like, the fact that he's not a bigger actor kind of blows my mind. At the, like, now in 2019? Yes. Yeah. Because I think he's extraordinary. I haven't seen him in anything else ever that, besides this show. Other than Sensei. Sensei. And he didn't even, I kept wishing for him to have a bigger role in Sensei, and he didn't. Yeah. I watched two episodes, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I, I I I couldn't get into it, and I wanted to just because he was in it, but I I, I couldn't do it. Were there too many orgies? No, you know none of that stuff bothers me at all. But I just I, the storyline, I just I couldn't have cared about. Like I loved Breaking Bad, but I I got one episode into Breaking Sal, and I was like, eh. yeah, I get that. I mean, I went I got three seasons into Breaking Bad, and then suddenly I was like, I don't think I like this show, mm. and then I just stepped away. Yeah. It's like, nah, I'm, I'm good. Some th- sometimes you just don't connect with something that everyone's talking about. Game of Thrones. I don't yeah. connect with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just doesn't work. I, I The show is awesome. The only thing I have a problem with is I have a hard time following it. There's so many storylines. Yeah. At least this season, it's one, like, well, two basic storylines where it's, it, I almost feel like I have to have, like, be, like, the dummy fan in me. Where all the other ones, it's just like, what the hell is going on? I need a flowchart for this thing. Flowchart. <laughs> You know what? I'm sure someone's made one. And they, like, Loki, because they had to do that for Lost, too. Like, everyone had to start, like, especially in the later seasons, you have to go, okay, how did all of these people meet each other? Where did they first meet? Like, that's where fan Wikipedia pages came from, Mm -hmm. was shows like Lost. Yeah. 
Scott, hearing you say that Game of Thrones is too confusing, as somebody who understands Lost, when everybody said that Lost was too confusing, solidifies my my not watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. I like I really do enjoy it. Like the thing is like I've been able to watch the last two seasons. I watched them last summer in the course of like a month. So it's like I haven't had to stretch out watching this show over the last like one one season every two years, right? So at least it's I can condense it to make it less confusing. But like like my, two of my best friends watch it, and I'm like, who? How did this character get here, and why did they hit this person? Like, oh, this this this. And look, I don't remember any of that from season two because it was like six years ago. Yeah. Exactly. That's, I honestly sometimes, we watch Riverdale every week. We are very involved with Riverdale. Very. Sometimes I have to look at Robin and go, who the hell is this character? Yeah. Because I don't know. Like, sometimes shows just kind of, they forget that you're not inside the writer's brains. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, like, explaining something, they'll just be like, okay, well, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, screw you. I do prefer that to being over-explained, but, I don't know, with Game of Thrones, I was just like, <laughs> I can't yeah. Yeah. Well, it. Yeah. Well, like, I'm watching Westworld finally now and i'm listening to uh to joe's podcast and thank god because i listen to that mm-hmm. because it's 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 like side notes like okay this happened okay i get this and then she'll explain it with um oh gosh shoot who is she doing it with uh josh josh wiggler yeah and I'm like oh okay yeah. now i get it now i get it it's it's like having a friend sitting beside you on the couch going now, now this is what's this happening like I feel like an old exactly exactly dumb person sometimes watching these shows but. I loved season one of Westworld but season two of Westworld would have been unwatchable without Joe's podcast yeah okay good to know because I've got I'm on I'm on the last episode of season one so. yeah season two to me felt like because I know that this is the same creative team that team that did person of interest i know they are capable of doing really great intricate storytelling mm-hmm. i think with season two of westworld they just decided to go full mythology and they kind of said if you can't keep up screw you yeah and so and the show is not for you and like i get it that's for a certain audience i have fun going to look for the easter eggs online because i'm like i rely on other people to find them because i can't, i don't have the time to dedicate to that no it's just it's too exhausting i like that other people do it but with a show like Lost, I think Lost has, like, the perfect balance of, like, the story of the week and the mythology. And I think we are past- And some fun. Yeah. And I think and we're past fun. where shows like this get made. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last one truly was Person of Interest. And from now on, we will not get shows like that. Yeah. I, and I watched um, Leftovers, and I was able to follow that so well. And there's so much deep stuff into that show. Because Damon knows what he's doing. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have I have advocated for that show to get as many people I know to watch it just yeah. as I have with Lost. Mm-hmm. Is Demon? What's he doing now? He's making The Watchmen. Oh hell yeah! Uh-huh. Nice. <laughs> what's Damon up to? What I haven't kept tabs on him. <laughs> oh yeah, you you knew the answer to that very quickly. Yeah. Hmm. When are you guys gonna get him on as a guest? Jesus oh. Christ. Well, he deleted his Twitter after he did some crappy stuff in Star Trek, so we will never be able to get him on the podcast. He's on Instagram. I did meet him once, but at that time I did not have a Lost podcast. It's true, you didn't. So I could not ask him. <laughs> Where are they shooting Watchmen? Are they shooting in here? I don't know. We should find out. Well, Carlton was around here because they were shooting Colony, but I don't think he's here anymore. Did okay. Colony end? Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to go to the next scene now. Oh, yeah, 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 because we derailed for ten minutes. Right. Uh, Saeed and Locke convince Jack to put Henry in the armory, but once they get him in there, Saeed closes the door. Jack is mad because he was out of the loop for something, and also <laughs> because this is really not a great thing that's happening. Hey, Jack, welcome to being Kate. 
Yeah. Sucks, doesn't Snaps. it? I loved how stupid Jack looked. Like, last episode, Charlie was like, I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this for uh, to be a bad person, for the drugs, for anything. I'm doing it just to make Locke look stupid for yeah. a real quick sec. And Jack looks so stupid when he's like, yeah, okay, let's put him in. And he puts him in and he just continues walking and Saeed closes Close the door. And Saeed closes the door and Jack turns around and just like, Huh. Hmm? What? What happened here? <laughs> He's boo-boo the fool. He looks stupid. And it was funny. Um, but before then, Jack is being really, really short with Saeed. Does he blame Saeed for the arrow thing? Like what like he why is does, he that's totally unfair. Yeah, what's he mad about what's he mad at Saeed for in this moment? Like he walked in and been was like, um, you shot him with an arrow, and Saeed was like with what weapon, dummy? He's like, first of all, have you ever seen me with a bow and arrow? Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, maybe I, I would have. <laughs> yeah. Jack's just pissed off when he doesn't have control over every single situation. Like, yeah. That's and that's all yeah. it is. He is the biggest control freak on that island. I mean, it sounds like a drag, but it's actually true. Mm-hmm. If Jack isn't in control, he lashes out immediately. And I'm sure that has to do with his daddy issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did actually say to Brittany while we were doing our rewatch today that I find Jack likable this episode. Why? Because he's flawed? He is, but also um, because even though we're supposed to root for Saeed this episode, I can't. I can't. I do. I can't. He he goes in there and just, as far as we know, this man is an innocent man and he comes in and is beating the crap out of him and Locke, I mean, and Jack comes in and he's like just trying to help him and he's like, Locke, what are you doing yelling at them? I, I'm also a really big fan of the moment that happens a little bit later when he forces Locke to let him in because of the button right? I'm a big fan of Jack this episode, to be honest. And I don't say that very, very often, but I do, I I feel like Jack is a higher, Jack considers himself the highest morality there is. But in this episode, in this quadrangle of characters, Jack is the, is the high, high morality this, uh, this episode uh, in his scene storyline. Cause he actually gets fought back on something. Yeah. Well, he's out here and he's being like, you guys are are doing the wrong thing. And even if you think it's the right thing, you should have talked to me about it. And I know that's about Jack always having to be like a part of it and and be, you know, the epicenter of everything. But I also feel like he is standing up for what is right. I think that the reason why you might like him is because usually Jack is standing up for high and mighty morals that aren't achievable. Yes. But in this one, he's very, he's honestly, he's just saying the obvious, which Mm -hmm. is, Hey guys, torture is bad. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? You're right. Torture (laughs) is bad. Jack, dude, you're so right. Yeah. And I was on the other side. Like I knew right from the get go. I'm like, no, this dude is bad. This is bad. Yeah. Like, I did not want for one second to think, no, he's just some innocent man that did land here. Like, no. And I think I was somewhere in the middle where I wanted to watch, I mean, personally, I could watch Naveen and Michael Emerson, like, and Terry, sort of that sort of trio, Mm -hmm. just in a room for ages. Mm -hmm. But I think I was torn between both of the plot lines. So I decided that I just wanted to watch and see how this affected Saeed. Yeah. Like, I didn't care about the morality of it. Well, I did, but, like, the morality was less important to me than seeing psychologically what was going on in Saeed's head and what was driving him to project onto Henry. Yeah. 
this happens a little bit later, but it's relevant now in the conversation, so I'm going to bring it up now. Um, but my favorite moment of Jax in this episode is when he is uh, when he has Locke pinned and he's saying, you can't go push the button until um, you yeah. give me the combo and you let me inside. And Locke says, okay, I'll give you the combo. Starts giving him the combo and Jack says, do you think I'm stupid? You yes. open it. <laughs> because Jack knows, like, I just love this moment where Jack is like, We've seen Jack be stupid before. Like, last episode, Jack looked so stupid when he showed up and he was like, where are the guns? You know? (laughs) He looked so dumb. But this episode, he doesn't look dumb because, well, I mean, he looks a little bit dumb. But in this moment, he's like, you've already made me look stupid. And I know for a fact that you're going to give me the wrong combination and then run over, press the button, and then I'm going to have to wait another freaking 108 minutes to save this man who I believe is innocent. And so he's like, you open it. Points were made. I, that's my favorite Jack moment in this episode. I, I, I don't know. I just like Jack this episode. Jack. Why isn't this combination working, John? Did you change it? Yeah. Why would you do that? You are raising an army. What? And why you didn't ask me to help, well, that's your business, but there's only one reason to raise an army, Jack, and that's because we're at war. And like it or not, whatever Saeed has to do behind that door, that's a part of it, too. What if he's telling the truth, John? What if he's not? I do love that he blackmails Locke, like, you can't go press your button. (laughs) Like a kid. Oh, completely. It's funny that, like, this season, like, it started with Jack being like, the button does nothing, frick you, I hate the button, the button is, is don't push the button, the button is bad, which is what, Lo- yeah. what Walt says, but, um, yeah. and then it turned to, like, around what Kate does, or, sorry, what Kate did, um, territory, is when he starts being like, go press the button, make sure you press the button, you know, and it's just like, he's just passively being like, let's press the button, and then now he's gotten back to the point where he's just like, listen, I don't think anything's going to happen. This is a you problem. Let me in here so that I can save this guy. Because because no matter what we think, whether we think that that Henry is innocent or not, Jack believes in his heart exactly. that, that he's innocent. Innocent until proven guilty. So Jack is like, we need to get him out of here because Saeed is of the opinion right now that he is guilty until proven innocent. And Jack doesn't believe in that as like a doctor, I guess, and as a person. What so, a bad judge of character. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, looking back, you're like, hmm. So would you say that the button in Jack's mind is a placebo? Yes, because earlier this season, Jack says to Desmond, he says, what if this is just a test just to see if you will, just to see if you'll, if you'll sit here and you'll do it over and over and over again. And Desmond says every day, I think that. So if I, that's what I think when you were talking about how Jack has kind of come to a different, like thing, I don't think Jack's opinion of the button has changed at all. Mm. I think Jack has already assessed the button and deemed this is worth nothing to me, but worth everything to something else, everything to someone else, mm-hmm. which is very much a placebo, which right. is you think that it's worth something. I know it's worth nothing, but that, that knowledge will allow me to have power over you. I like that concept. I like that because that makes me think that this whole time that Jack has kind of been like really passive about the button, just been like, yeah, yeah, press the button, make sure the button is pressed because everybody cares about it. it. It's instead, instead of him being like, my main goal is to prove Locke wrong, which it was at the beginning. Now, 
uh, as the season went on, it was like, my, I have to worry about other things. And now at this point, I'm just kind of placating Locke so I don't have to deal with him right that's now. What I, I'm just, I, that's what I truly think it is. Because I have other goals. To use this to get my own way and you, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, this is something that I can easily use to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to take your curate bracelet away from you if you're not nice to me. Exactly! Yeah, exactly. Time out. <laughs> um, but going back to the scene that we're actually on, one of the other um, notes that I made about it was that Locke, I feel like Locke feels like he's being passive. Like he's being like, listen, I'm not on either side here, but he is not being passive. He is on Saeed's side here. Well, Locke always oh, has completely. a different perception of himself than is actually real. True. But I do really feel like Locke's being like, listen, I'm just in the middle here. Listen, Jack, it's not up to me if blah, blah, blah. Listen, Saeed, I'm not the one who's torturing him. You yeah. know, I'm not doing anything here. I'm a, sim- I'm a simple gatekeeper at this point. But yeah. he is absolutely not. He is the reason why this is able to happen. Yep. Just the truth. <laughs> um, Can I move on to the next scene? Sure. Cool. I think we already um, discussed a lot of it, but yeah, go on. Jack yells at Locke. What else is new? Locke tells Jack that having an army implies that there is a war. Jack's worried that Henry is for real, just a nice dude having a bad year, but Locke's not sure. Saeed's interrogating Henry inside the armory and Henry has all the details. He's answering all of the questions, but Henry just wants to know who Saeed is. Saeed describes the horrors he's been through, telling Henry that he's a torturer, which like isn't usually the thing you want to hear from someone who just locked you in a small space. Can you imagine being Henry? You're like, I crashed a balloon. My wife died. I got stuck in a net. Someone shot me with an arrow and then they locked me in a cupboard with a torturer? Yeah, with this man who now tells me he's a torturer. I'd be having a panic attack just being locked in there anyway. Seriously. I don't know why you're asking me all these questions. I don't know why you're treating me this way. Why I have to explain to you who I am when you don't tell me who you are. I was 23 years old when the Americans came to my country. I was a good man. I was a soldier. And when they left, I was something different. For the next six years, I did things I wish I could erase from my memory. Things which I never taught myself to be capable of. But I did come to learn this. There is a part of me which was always capable. You want to know who I am? My name is Saeed Jarrah. And I am a torturer. They're like, and and like, on top of all of that, you're like, where the hell did this friggin hatch come from yeah seriously yeah when he like comes to does he not is he not just like oh where am i you guys have a washing machine mm-hmm. i had you... a spoiler thought about that about which about a certain mr uh Benry mm-hmm. not having any damn reaction to waking up in a bunker he did though but not really he goes where am i am i in a bunk bed <laughs> but like he doesn't he doesn't think to question like you know, like, hey, how are the, all these modern conveniences here? Like, it's just sort of like, oh, I'm in an odd place. Okay. I don't um, know. In my brain, I think, it, looking back, that might have been a clue that not all was as it appeared with innocent balloon enthusiast Henry Gale. Okay, continuing on. Um, 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 where am I? Womp. Um, well, you're in our oh, apartment. Okay. I love the moment joke. where... Trying to, trying to speak. Well, I was trying to make a joke. I know, I heard the joke, but my favorite part was that I thought the joke was over, so I started speaking, and then Brittany's in the back and going, yes, great joke! <laughs> okay, anyway. I love myself. I love the moment where um, Jack is like, oh, 
I, it seems that the door is closed. And he goes and tries to do the combo, thinking the combo will work. And he turns around and is just like, why isn't this combination working? It's like, there's something nefarious here. Jonathan, what did you do? Jonathan! <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Locke. I would have paid money for Jack to call him Jonathan just once. I wish that Locke had been called Jonathan at some point. Um, And he says that he changed the combo because Jack started an army. And I'm like, okay, well, Sawyer has all the guns, though, so. Yeah, like, congrats. Literally nothing's happening here, but, um. You have access to an empty room that a man with an arrow that has been shot by an arrow is in. Also, why is there no come down from that? Like, like Sawyer does this really, really bad thing in which he makes a big speech and is just like, I'm the new sheriff in town. Frick all you guys. And then the next episode, Sawyer is catching a frog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a come down at the end of the episode in which Kate is like, I think you want people to hate you. And he like has a chat with Charlie, but like, I don't know, I guess, I mean, there are more important things to do because it's all about Saeed, right? So who's to say that Jack hasn't already gone and yelled at Sawyer about it? We just didn't see it. I don't know. I just genuinely think that's so funny. Like the way that it's like framed, you're like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. this guy low-key took control of all the guns. And the next important thing on his list was frog sleep with shirt on butt unbuttoned Mm -hmm. kill frog make fun of guy eating food yeah boy he's like ah been a good day actually for sawyer that probably is a good day can i bring it back to us being really um 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 insightful again sure i love this science and faith flip between Locke and jack Okay, say more words. Locke is the man of faith, but he's here saying, Jack, this is necessary. We have to do this. This is science. And Jack, who's the man of science, says, I have faith that this man is innocent and you are going against this. You got me there. I love it. I think that's so cool. What do you think, Scott? I'm, 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 I'm trying to process what you all just said. Sorry. Yeah. It's interesting. I can't remember. And I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but does Jack ever really examine this role reversal here? Um... What a great question. I don't think so because I think that it flips back pretty quickly. Yeah. I think it's kind of just a this moment type thing. I don't remember if later down the line this season, if Jack continues to be like, this man is just a balloon enthusiast, you know, because mm-hmm. that's fa- that's the faith thing. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to, to examine about, that yeah. as we continue. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how they go throughout the rest of this this season like I remember like I remember like a lot of stuff from like lockdown and stuff like that but I don't remember specifically Henry and Jack and how and how they go like I actually I actually had for yeah it's mostly Henry and Locke and he- Henry and Locke and Henry and Saeed yeah like mm-hmm. the Henry and Locke stuff is especially with lockdown was pretty fun um, and even some Henry and Anna as well yeah yeah but I think the thing that I really like about this episode in particular, especially now that you brought up like the the switch of science and faith, mm-hmm. is that to me, I think it says a lot about the show that I felt that that was so organic that I didn't even like, it didn't really click in my brain. Because because of who those two characters are, they each have their own motivations for switching roles. Mm-hmm. And for Locke, because it's, it's self-serving. And for Jack, because morally, he always thinks he's right. Yeah. So if Jack has to lean on faith in order to get that across, it makes perfect sense for him. Mm -hmm. And if Locke has to lean on science in order to get through to Jack because it serves his specific purpose, 
that makes perfect sense. And that's like the beauty of this show that so few shows still have, Mm -hmm. which is like that sort of easily understood motivation Mm -hmm. because so many characters on so many shows these days do something stupid for shock value. And you're like, that was completely out of character, Mm -hmm. but these two switch complete like morality roles. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it's small enough where people aren't going to freak out and be like, why, why are they doing this? Why is it like they've completely switched what their characters are? Yeah. This is out of character. Yeah, It feels right. Yeah, because, like, the, the writers are showing us, like, the way I still think of it, that it's like, no, he's another, he's another, but, well, if Jack thinks that he's not, and Jack's normally writers, they want us to think that Jack is always right, then right. maybe he is, so maybe that's why they use Jack to actually have us, like, because the watchers try to switch what we were already going in our head with. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we, we automatically trust what Jack's opinion, because he's... Yeah unfortunately usually write about things yeah yeah he's the doctor why is it that they always make every doctor like the lead person on every bloody tv show i think there's a lot of societal uh reasons for that in the same way that they always make cops the lead yeah you're supposed to trust them yeah yeah they're people you're supposed to trust and i think you know on the surface it's you know they're morally good people and stuff but you know when you get into like the complicated like social things about like cop shows something like blue bloods a lot of critics have said is the equivalent to propaganda. Right. Right. And so like when you have things like Grays and Blue Buds and Chicago PD and Chicago Fire and all of that stuff, you're just sort of pushing the narrative out there that emergency services are untouchable. They can't be questioned. So you follow them and they're always right. Which is interesting because we're given Anna Lucia and she's a cop and she is very like quite untrustworthy sometimes. Yeah. So that's well, interesting. Lost understood that. Yeah. Lost understood that. And Jack is so messed up complexity. too. Yeah. Yeah. Like lost in her- See, I found her to be trustworthy. I just found her just to be so pissed off and angry every episode. Yeah. But the and more course, I watch yeah. it and the more I listen to you guys, the more I'm like, oh, Anna wasn't so damn bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like now that like I think both of us, um, like particularly as women, are growing like into our 20s and into our 30s because I'm getting old in this specific environment, I understand Anna's rage so much. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that she's angry all the time, I'm like, girl, me too. You know, <laughs> I get it. W- women are women are scary. <laughs> we are scary. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I said to the guys at work one time and they just started laughing. I'm like, if you're not afraid of your wife or your girlfriend, she ain't doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And I come home and I told my wife this. She's like, you afraid of me? I'm like, well, of course I am. Yes, absolutely, honey. <laughs> absolutely. She's like, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Text her mom, I did it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, but Brittany, I loved your point about um, how we're always supposed to trust like um, doctors and police officers because things like, there are so many shows that are like just about that. Mm-hmm. Like for like, all of the like long running procedurals, Grey's Anatomy, doctors, NCIS, cops, no, like Navy, military, um, army, Chicago Fire, firefighters. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of these shows, Rookie Blue, ER, ER, stuff from the nineties. Come on, it's all like it's all, it's always NYPD them. Blue. Uh huh. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Law and Order. Yeah. Third Watch. Mm-hmm. Third Watch! That show does not get any love, and that show is great. My mom loved Third Watch. I loved that TV show. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it's it, you can tell those stories forever and ever because you can repeat them oh, constantly. Yeah. yeah. They're always yeah. timely. 
and you're always going to want to trust the leads. And there's always new content because you don't have to worry about your characters as much because you don't have to be like, they have to make up their own things. There's always a new case to do. There's always a new patient and that's to why come I hate in. procedurals. Yeah. That's why I absolutely, after I finished watching, um, or after, basically after I quit CSI, I swore that I would never watch another procedural mm -hmm. because I couldn't believe the disservice that procedurals do to their characters in order to maintain a casual audience. Mm. You know, yeah. they'll just throw entire plot lines and relationships out the window from one episode to the next in order to make it make sense for a casual viewer. Mm. And I like as an audience, I think that's the the ultimate form of disrespect. So I, I think the only reason I watched Person of Interest was because I was told that there was mythology in it because it was marketed as a procedural. Mm. And I was like, well, this seems stupid. And I watched and I was like, oh, I get it. They've they've done what Lost did in some ways and what CSI did in others, which is they lure you in as a casual audience by saying, hey, here's an easy to digest procedural show. And then they sneak an AI like sci-fi show on top of it. And you're like, wait, what the hell? And it's like, I think that shows like that usher in e easier times for shows like Lost mm -hmm. where and Westworld and stuff where you think it's going to be easy and you go in and you're like, oh, hang on. I'm very intrigued right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jack cleans up Henry's blood up, up, up off the floor, not letting Locke talk to him. He realizes that the pliers are missing. In the armory, Saeed is still grilling Henry. He has the answers, but when Saeed asks about burying his wife, he doesn't have as many details as Saeed wants. Saeed knows what it's like to bury someone you love and knows that if Henry was truthful, he would remember every second of it. He starts beating Henry up really badly. As this is happening, Jack pins Locke up to the door, trying to get him to open it. The button needs to be pushed, but Jack won't let Locke go until he opens the door. Eventually, Locke opens it, and Jack runs in, saving Henry, but leaving him inside. Locke presses the button, but not before seeing some crazy hieroglyphs. <gasps> see, and that's what I wrote down, because I can remember that's the first time we see that, correct? The very first time. Okay, that's what I thought. So what did you guys think when you saw them? Oh, I wish I remembered. I wish... Live tweeting wasn't really a thing on my radar at that point. I was 15 years old. When I watched Lost, Twitter wasn't the thing. Yeah. We were going to write it on MySpace, but yeah. no one followed me. <laughs> but no one followed me. I mean, I was on Twitter at the time. I was 15 years old when I watched it. And I, I, text, I was texting people about it, but it was on my, like pink thing where you like flip it up and there's a little keyboard like so i don't have sidekick uh it wasn't a, no it wasn't really like for a sidekick. yeah it wasn't really a sidekick no you I, have to hit 444-888-111 oh t9 yeah t9 the hell of t9 mm -hmm. i was doing that on my tiny little blackberry pearl and i remember they came out with like the regular blackberry and it had a full keyboard and i was like this is the height of luxury <laughs> and i used that exact blackberry to post on facebook about lost I was like, I'm going to live react, because I, I immediately wanted to say tweet, about Lost on Facebook, mm -hmm. because Twitter was barely a thing. This is when I finally decided, I'm like, oh my god, the numbers are actually something, like, this could actually be something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? they were clues. Yeah. But, like, our friends who I have convinced to watch Lost now they have their live tweets to look back on, mm -hmm. you know, like if they go back and see when they were watching, they can see exactly what they were thinking. I don't remember. I assume I was probably just like, oh, it's about to get good. There's something new. It's very exciting. Yeah, because when you hear, it's that sound effect when you hear something, it's like a great big clunk and then like ramping up. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Something actually is going to explode, go off, or something. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, th this is related and not related, so bear with me. But I think that that also makes a great case for, because 
you know, we always see stuff these days about, you know, social media is a poison, it's toxic, like it's horrible. But for something like that, to be able to look back at your own history and be like, I remember an exact point in my life when I watched an incredible TV show. Mm -hmm. That kind of makes the argument entirely for, "Mm, yeah, social media might be a good thing sometimes. Because I can't remember watching Lost a lot of the time. I'm not out here. I could. I'm not out here scrapbooking my the TV shows <laughs> I watch. Oh, but I wish I. Oh, I did do that. <gasps> Brittany have a have a diary that you actually write through. I did, and I would cut out magazine pictures and stick them in the diary. Oh, I would. I would cut. I, I would was making make, a joke. I would make collages for my locker out of magazine cutouts. Of my favorite shows. I made a collage from for like the little sleeve in my binder, but I made it with Photoshop. Shut up. I didn't I didn't have access to Photoshop when I was thirteen. Yeah. I barely had the internet at thirteen. We had dial up and Microsoft PowerPoint. And did you have Encarta? Oh of course we did. Yes. <laughs> that was that was my childhood computer experience was I don't know, look it up on Encarta and then like an hour later you would get it. Or like waiting for a picture to load. Do you know how long it I'm running a video right now. Do you know how long this video would take to load? When oh, I yeah. was your age. <laughs> anyway, that's what I think is like really cool is you can look back and be like, hey, what did I think when I was watching Lost? Mm-hmm. It's like, I have the answer to that. Yeah. I know what I thought. I know what I think. I, I know what I think now because I have a whole podcast about it. Well, again, something we wouldn't have without technology. Yeah, I'm gonna love when we finish, and I have, like don't have any podcasts to listen to. Going back and listening to my own podcast, <laughs> cool. you know, it's gonna be. Cool. I, I love, I love reading the tweets from like your guys' friends. That yeah, are re-watch- that are finally watching the show now. Like, I'll go, I'll be at work, and I'll go on Twitter and like, whoa, there's like 500 things from like one person. I'm like, oh sweet, they're watching an episode of Lost. Yeah, great. Right, and I'll start like going through it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I didn't get to experience anything. Like, I watched it by myself in my rec room, and I didn't have anyone to talk to about it at all. Yep. And, like, I was way past the time where people were like, you watch Lost now? Like, what the wrong with you? That show's old. Like, no. Okay. I'll just sit here and drink my coffee. Exactly. Yeah. I was, like, in between grade 9 and grade 10 summer that I watched it all, and my dad was like, you're only allowed to watch one disc a day. Oh! Because I got to the point- Did you get it from Blockbuster? No, my parents owned them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But, um, it got to the point where it was like, Robin, I need you- It's it's literally summer vacation. I need you to go outside (laughs) and not just sit and watch Lost all day. So I was only allowed to watch one disc- a day, which honestly is actually quite a lot because it's four full episodes, you know? Oh my, my. Yeah, 43 minutes each. That's a long time. Yeah. Exactly. But I, but I still, I was like 15 years old and I'm going, oh, dad, I'm being tortured that I can only watch four episodes a day. You were that kid from This Is 40. Yeah. You are 100% that kid who all she wanted to do with her life was watch Lost. That's, I'm still that kid. Oh yeah, my buddies got me to watch that show because they're like, "There's a kid in it that's like that's like Lost. You'll like it." I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> my favorite thing was like at the end there, she was like crying. They're like, "What was wrong?" And she was like, "I just watched the final episode of Lost." And I'm like, looking back, they might have based that character on you, Robin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I when Lost. I watched it the first time through, I had to go over to my mom's house. She was getting some contractor to come do anything, and she was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be like." six seven hours or whatever like that and i actually took my season i think it was season three like box set with me i'm like well i'm gonna sit here i'm watching a freaking season lost yep (laughs) that's so wholesome oh yeah like that first time through like i watched it in like six weeks it was ridiculous like it just like sucked me in the only reason that i would get up in the morning 
when I lived in Vancouver the first time, I was like really deep into my year at film school. And honestly, the only reason I would get up in the morning is because I knew I could come home and watch Lost mm-hmm. on DVD. Oh, oh, yeah. I love this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I get up super early for work in the morning. So it's like, oh, I can get an episode in before I leave for work at 430. This is mm-hmm. great. That's yeah. what I used to do. Yeah. Yep. Going back into the Oops. <laughs> into the thing. You want us to go in order and not jump around everywhere? <laughs> Henry says that his wife's name was Jennifer. Just saying. Sure. That's a spoiler's thought. That's a spoiler's thought. That's a spoiler's thought. Um, Saeed knows how it feels to bury the love of your life, of course. You said you buried your wife. Tell me where. What are you going Where? In the jungle. By the balloon in the jungle. How deep? How deep did you dig the grave? I don't... How deep? How many shovelfuls of earth? Did you use your hands? How long did it take you? I don't remember. You would remember. You would remember how deep. You would remember every shovelful, every moment. You would remember what it felt like to place her body inside. You would remember if you buried the woman you loved. You would remember if it were true. Is Saeed, I think we mentioned this already, but is Saeed just looking for someone to blame because he can't blame Anna? I think I think the answer is yes. Yes. Um, why won't Locke open the door? I don't know. I, I, don't I know. think that he trusts Saeed at this point. He trusts his character. Over Jack. More, over Jack's and actually wants to see at least what's with this new mystery person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think like, on another level, Locke needs Saeed to do what Locke can't do, which is the dirty work. Right. Yeah. I never thought about that, but yeah, wow, that's dark. More, more spoiler thoughts. Just there's a lot of spoiler thoughts this episode. Um, that's because a certain man is around now. I also, I mean, this is just another note about Jack. I wrote Jack's morality is so high this episode. Honestly, it's admirable at this point. <laughs> I think <laughs> again when you do the bare minimum. <laughs> And you're like, hey, torture is bad. And I'm like, I'll listen to that man. Go off! (laughs) Um, Jack's taken the button just as seriously as Locke in the past. So this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we kind of mentioned already. Locke originally says that the combo starts with 15. Oh, that's a number. Yeah. Do the sound effect. Jack knows Locke (laughs) could be lying about the combo, which is another thing that we mention. Uh, The timing is wrong. So this is a blooper. During the scene where Jack is demanding that John open the safe door, we get a glimpse of the countdown timer reaching 10 seconds left. The camera then cuts away while Jack is seen pulling Saeed off of Henry. And we then see John frantically entering the code. When the clock is shown next it is down to two seconds left however even if the developers were trying to show us the two separate scenes as one consecutive time lapse it still took john roughly 13 seconds to enter the code starting from the time he got to the computer to when he looks up at the timer showing two seconds left it obviously should have only taken eight seconds Hmm. that's just another thing like when when um shows do that thing where they're just like you have five minutes and then like or like you have 20 seconds and they just keep going back to the timer and it's like wrong it always bothers me even though i know that like that's how movie is made and you know how can you what can you do robin what but are you about to bring up brooklyn nine <laughs> yeah <laughs> brooklyn nine nine just did an episode in which it literally happened within like all uh in real time it was so 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 cool and at the very beginning of the episode they were like we only have 21 minutes and 30 seconds to do this and they just kept bringing up the time like they'd be like we only have 19 minutes and then in different things they'd be like fine but i'm only staying for 10 minutes and that's how you knew like how much time was left in the episode it was really really cool and it actually was it was and a lot of it they would use through um really clever storytelling techniques so it would be um 
Hitchcock and Scully doing a microwave countdown for, I think it was a frozen lasagna. Yeah. And so you wouldn't even notice that they were telling you how much time had passed Mm -hmm. until you got to the end and you're like, holy crap, that was like shot for shot, 21 minutes. Yeah. It was cool. This is the first time we see the hieroglyphs, of course. Um, People who actually know hieroglyphs have translated it as die. Oh, God. But um, Damon Lindelof says that he meant for it to say underworld. Okay, either one is terrifying. Yeah. I think die is way better than underworld. Yeah. (laughs) Die is just like, that's really direct. Yeah. You know? It's just like, hey. It would be better if it just said, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, my God. Spaghetti-o. Uh-oh. Uh, continuing on, because we have spoken about most of this already. Mm-hmm. Saeed tells Jack that he's certain that Henry is an other. Like Henry didn't come out and say that, but he knows it's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jack reminds Saeed that Rousseau thought the same thing of Saeed once, but everybody is an other to Rousseau because she's all alone. Oh, that made me sad. So, yeah, Rousseau thought that Saeed was one of them as well. I forgot about of that. Of course. And... Locke says, well, it's all relative. We're all others all the time. And I'm like, cool, not sure how much that matters right now because you just let a man get tortured. Maybe the real others were the Henry Gales we met along the way. Yeah, Mm. gotta be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess about that scene, I'm just kind of like, Locke, I don't really know if I can if I could support your opinion right now. <laughs> it's a really interesting point, but you just let a man get tortured, even though you weren't sure if he was an other or not. You know? <laughs> you were just complicit in uh, to- yeah. torture, so... But, um, off, off the high horse. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, in this storyline, um, Saeed sits with Charlie and tells him about what went down. Charlie's like, okay, and I need to know this why? You're so nosy, Charlie. Like, don't you love knowing things? I don't know. He loves a good rumor. Anyway, Saeed remembers the terrible things the others did and knows Henry is one of them because he felt no remorse about it. And Karen Smith's boobs know what the weather outside is. My God. I was not expecting that. (laughs) There's a 16% chance that it's already raining. Yeah. Like, cool, because that's a correct barometer, Saeed. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to trust my gut. And I'm like... But no. See, originally when I was watching it, I was like, why is he telling Charlie? Like, why are they all just sitting alone together? Like, when they cut to it, it's literally just Saeed sitting alone with Charlie. I'm like, what's going on here? But now that I thought about it, I th- I think I know why it was Charlie that they chose to have him tell this to. Why? Well, Saeed says, the reason why I was okay, or I know he's an other, is because I felt no remorse punching him. And one of the things that Saeed, or that Charlie did, was immediately just full-on kill Ethan and everyone was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, that guy was messed up. Yeah, oh. he felt no remorse in doing that. And I like that line out of sight. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's just like, I don't feel bad for doing it at all. Mm-hmm. And it's I, like, but then that makes me think, like, would he feel bad for if he actually had done that to say someone like Anna Lucia? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Would you feel guilt? It's like, obviously, Anna Lucia is guilty for that. Whether or not she meant to do it or not, involuntary manslaughter is still something that people get sent to, to, to jail for. Yep. So it's like, yeah, I guess Saeed's um, meter for judging whether or not somebody is guilty isn't really something that you can trust. Especially because one of the things that Saeed told Charlie when, after Charlie killed Ethan, everyone was like... Charlie's kind of weird because he killed Ethan. Saeed, you've killed people. Can you go talk to him about it? And Saeed was like, sure. So Saeed told this story to Charlie and said that like, one time I was on the firing squad for somebody because there was this guy who like accidentally blew up like an entire family because they because it was like a car bomb or something, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, I volunteered for the firing squad because um 
what a messed up thing to do. And so I killed this guy with no problem. It was fine. But then this guy started showing up in like my dreams and everything. And it made me feel terrible. And eventually I felt really guilty about it. And I'm like, cool. So even though you know that man, like, like, it's just weird that he's like, yes, my, my guilt meter says that he was not guilty, but it's like, you've literally this season told a story about how you felt guilty about somebody and you can't trust it. He's, so, he's already established that his guilt meter is unreliable. Yeah. Because momentary lack of guilt does not mean long-term lack of remorse. I think that the writers just forgot about that, to be honest. And yeah. It's not like he actually goes and kills Henry. He just beats the living crap out Right. Him. And I mean, knowing Henry, he's got... I mean, even not knowing Henry, you look at Henry and you're like... That's a punchable face. Mm-hmm. You know? And he gets punched a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah. gets punched. If, if you looked at him, you go, I could see that guy getting shot with an arrow. Yeah. Um, Saeed mentions what happened to Claire when she was taken, and this is set up for the next episode, which is about that. About? About that. About? It's about We're all that. Canadians here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um, but they often do this sort of thing where they like have like a throwaway line that that leads right into the next episode. Yeah. And Saeed mentions that the others are bad people who do like whatever just to like really super hurt people. And that's why he doesn't feel bad. Which is wild because has anyone in the history of humanity other just kidding, I just remembered Nazis exist. Mm. Like done something just to hurt people and I'm like, "Yeah, Nazis." So yeah. never mind. Yeah. 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 But like all of the people I'm pretty sure that if Saeed believes that this is the others. The only other other that they have come into contact with is Ethan. Um, If he's talked to Anna Lucia or Libby or Echo or Bernard or whatever about Goodwin, then they also know about Goodwin. So they've got Ethan and Goodwin and they know that they are bad people who kill people. And are fake Canadians. Yeah. And that's that's the only... Those are the only others. But they're from Ontario, so that's... (laughs) Okay, T. Points were made. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts on this storyline that aren't spoiler thoughts? No, I have a billion spoiler thoughts. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I had one little continuity thing. No, not not even. What is it? Um, that that I wrote down, and I'm like, this is the stupid crap I noticed when Henry's sitting on the floor. He's been trying, like, it's like with that with the rifle. He's been trudging through the forest for how long do you say he's been there for four months yeah those boots looked pretty clean no <gasps> mud no nothing on the bottom of the boots Snaps. oh i'm looking at it and i'm like what the hell is this and i'm like come on boss you guys are great but this is that this is like a coffee cup oh here yeah. we go on a table on the, oh god oh my god it's super coffee cup and what that's cost i had to Scott, I had to write a whole article about that goddamn coffee cup. I've never cared about something less. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's a coffee cup. Get over it. I had to Google it. I'm like, this is a thing? Like, this is this is a thing? This is what people are having a heart attack over? I was like, but. I barely noticed it. Yeah, I I didn't even notice it watching the first time through. I want to go back because I've got it on my PDR to see mm-hmm. if I actually... Apparently, people just, made such a stink about it. HBO went and edited it out and re-uploaded the episode to their servers and to all streaming services, so that the cup will never be talked about again. Ugh. It's a coffee cup. Yeah. You know how much, how awesome it would have been if it would have been like a Tim Hortons roll of the rim cup. Oh my god! I would have been like, "What did Danny unroll? What did she win?" Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a play again. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do know that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Bombs are dropping during the Gulf War in Saeed's compound. Everyone is trying to burn and shred any evidence they have because the Americans are coming in and they are not allowed to know anything. They burst in and almost everyone surrenders. The soldiers yell at the guys who are still burning, but they don't listen because they don't speak English. The soldiers are going to kill them, but Saeed understands English, so he tells them to stop and becomes the unofficial translator for the Americans. Yeah. And that's that's the that's scene. That's that on that. Yeah. One of the fun facts that was on Wasipedia was, in the flashback, Saeed wears a rank insignia consisting consisting of two short bars. There is no such rank insignia. 
insignia in the Iraqi armed forces. He previously wore the rank of major, though. I guess they changed it. I wonder why. I don't know. Because he's supposed to be younger, so they're probably like, oh, let's bring it so it's like, so he's like the thing under like what he was mm-hmm. in the other flashback, but I guess they just got the insignia wrong. Yeah. Schwoops. Brittany, you did some research on the war today. Do you want, can you speak on that at all? I mean, I certainly can't speak on that with any authority. I basically just looked up like why Saeed was in the Republican Guard in the first place and what his role was there. And it was, I mean, for an ignorant millennial to sum up the Gulf War. Iraq invaded Kuwait because they were low-key, high-key pissed off at um, Kuwait's uh, oil prices. And they wanted Kuwait for themselves. And the UN and, like, every other UN country was like, um, no, this is not it. So they went in and decided to fight, basically, in the Gulf War. And so Saeed was on the Republican Guard, which was a more elite branch of the Iraq army, where, you know, you get paid better, you get better clothes, and it's basically, like, it was Saddam's branch of the army. And so they were more elite, better trained. I guess Saeed's role there was to protect more sensitive documents like destroy evidence of what the Iraqis had been doing right but again I can't speak on that with much confidence I literally just read Wikipedia um any war aficionados I'm sure are horrified at that (laughs) summation well um one of the things that we were like specifically looking for on the Wikipedia page was whether or not Saeed was drafted into the war or whether or not he volunteered to join the 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 um the republican guard um and we couldn't like we found that there were drafts for the war before this one but that's not the war that saeed is in yeah no so we're not sure it's like we were thinking that maybe like because we um like saeed so much we would like for him to be drafted but you were saying that you think that might take away some of his nuance yeah i think if saeed doesn't make the conscious choice to join the republican guard and then go on this emotional journey of you know kind of becoming an interrogator and torturing people and we see like a complex man here i think if he's drafted in it takes away the gray morality Mm mm-hmm and I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. I want Saeed to be complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes away a bit of it. Yeah. Like it, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to volunteer to go do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Especially for them. I am not, I, I am not one of those kind of people. <laughs> no. Me neither. Me neither. I am like the opposite of an alpha male. Like, no, I, I, I would just <laughs> cower in a corner and just go, oh, no. No, I get that. Like, I'm a pacifist, you know? Like, Oh, yeah, me too. And I mean, I know that there are people that are annoyed that pacifists exist, but there, I mean, there's room in this world for everyone, and you need all types of people like us in order to function as a society. But, like, the fact that Saeed not only joined the army, but Saddam's, like, militant branch of the army, that takes a certain type of person. You're totally right. Yeah. Um, My next note was, how did Saeed learn English? Nadia spoke it too, so maybe in school? Maybe. Like, I know my um my cousin is actually in um china right now she's doing an exchange where she's uh teaching in a chinese english school does that make sense yeah yeah like in china there are schools that are like completely english just like here in canada there are french immersion schools hey kobe please stop doing that i was wondering what that was here 
It's my cat, um, cat clawing at the couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just like in, I don't know if this happens in Iraq. I did not look it up because I just thought of it right now. Um, but I wonder if they, but it's like none of the other guys who were there spoke it, obviously. So I just, I'm not sure. Either way, my main question is, how did Sayin learn English? And I don't think we ever find out. <laughs> American television shows. Yeah. I was literally just talking. Yeah. Because that's what they always go to on so many of those. Yeah. It's just, oh, okay, this makes sense because they said it has to make sense. Yeah. I was like just talking with some of my friends who are bilingual and I was like, how did you guys learn English? I'm trying to learn French. And they're just like, we just watched English shows. And I'm like, cool. At French shows, where are you? <laughs> it's yeah. You put French dubs on. French subtitles. I want to hear them speak it though. So French dubs. Yes. Yeah. Where do you find those? Usually on the alternate thing on the Netflix menu. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. I wish Lost was on Netflix still so I could watch Lost with French dubs. Oh. I'll watch Riverdale yeah. with French dubs. Oh my god. Do you know how cultured we'd feel? We'd watch any show like that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'd be like, ooh. Be like, I'm not ignorant. I speak more than one language. <laughs> I, I could watch Paw Patrol on French now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that would be amazing. For quoi, Marshall? <laughs> the thing is, you would like only know like dog terms in French. Yeah. yeah. That's all I get to watch now, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Saeed gets called Abdul. We love racist nicknames, I guess. God. I mean, he's ju- he's just getting them forever. He must be used to it. Next scene, uh, Sam Austin, Kate's dad. Well, Kate's dad, the guy who raised her, mm-hmm. technically, I guess, um, is getting Saeed to do translating because he knows what words like formally mean. So yeah, that was charmingly racist. Yeah. like He's like, oh, you know what formally means? Well, I guess you're a... Uh- I'm like, shut up! I don't think that's how he meant it at all. I think I know that's not how he meant it, but it's a microaggression. It is definitely a microaggression, but I get, but formally, definitely, I think is like a, you know, it's not dog and cat. I mean, I guess you know, so it's like no. Had we anyway. I, 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 had we already learned that that was Kate's dad, or is that something that we yes. learned down the road? Okay, because we met him in what Kate did. Oh, okay, because I, I wrote down that because a lot of those military jackets they would always have like a last name on them. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that there wasn't one on there. I'm like, okay, because I couldn't remember just what by watching it the other day. I'm like, have we have we learned that or not, or were the were, were the writers trying to hide like that it actually was it by not having like an Austin like uh, like name tag on that jacket? Like they were, right, yeah. Because almost every military jacket you see now, that's what they have. And I would have thought. Right. That. I wonder if Inman had. I don't think Inman had one. Did he? I don't think so. I didn't see it. I I don't remember it either. The gist of it is that an American pilot was taken hostage as a prisoner of war and they're trying to get him back. The person with the answers is Saeed's commanding officer, Tariq. Saeed keeps telling the soldiers that Tariq fled away, but alas, Tariq is the one he's interrogating, so he didn't get very far. Mm. Um, So yeah, Sam Austin, Kate's dad. um, Saeed's trying to protect Tariq, but can't. Uh, yeah, just like a lot of racism in this flashback. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. But I think the point there about. was a, there was a point of it to comment on what the other side was like if you were like Iraqi dealing with American. Mm-hmm. I think there was a point to it. I I would hope. Yeah. How do you guys feel about like what can we glean from Sam Austin calling Saeed's son? It feels like it's kind of just a colloquialism. Like, yeah. it seems like it's something just, like, that he does, right? Where he, he'll he just, like, any man that's a little younger than him, he'll just call him son. Yeah. But I thought, it, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. that it, it felt like, and maybe this wasn't necessarily, like, something we can glean from the character, but the writers were clearly trying to make him more, uh, 
paternal make him more even likable i think like we're supposed to like him because he's kate's dad yeah, yeah. exactly but he's also out here doing bad things in the war when they really you know I mean? tried to make Saeed yeah. like really really likable i found in that too they so you you don't think that the writers are trying to say something about sam austin by having him call Saeed's son i think what no I, no, not. I personally don't think so. No, I think. A lot, what do you think? No, I think a lot of people. That's like they go to like son, buddy, like bud, like you know what I mean. That's just one of those like catchphrases that just naturally comes out. Like, and I mean to me, it almost reads as condescending. Oh, you think? Yes. Like if someone said uh, the whatever the equivalent of that is to women to me, I would be like, um, don't call me that. You don't know me like that. I guess it feel it feels different because the the when people call some like a man son, the equivalent for women is what little lady or something, you know. So, yeah. it, but it's different. It has a different connotation. I don't know. I just we're supposed to dislike Inman more. And he doesn't, and he doesn't call Saeed anything. I don't know. The way Sam Austin says it makes me feel like it's interesting that you thought it was condescending. And I feel like if I rewatched it, I would maybe feel the same way. But the way I read it the first time was kind of just like he's trying to. The way that Inman is trying to get Saeed to do stuff is he is kind. It, he's pressuring him, mm-hmm. and it seems like the way that Sam Austin is trying to get Saeed to do stuff is he's trying to befriend him, like and trying to be kind well, to him to get him to cop, do stuff. Bad cop. At the end of the day, they still have the same agenda. That's true. Yeah. Apache helicopter went down this sector two days ago. The sources tell us the pilot was captured. It's very important that we get this pilot back. We know he was taken to the local Republican Guard intelligence commander, a man named Tariq. Do you know him? Yes, he was our commanding officer. You know where he is? When the bombing started, he fled to Hilla. Hilla, huh? Yes, that is right. Welcome to Hilla. So, Saeed is asking Tariq all of the questions that Sam is asking, and Tariq is giving really, um, not great answers. And Saeed is like, my mans, I can't be saying that, or we'll both be in trouble, so he just keeps saying, oh, he just doesn't know. I love that. As if Sam can't tell, Tariq just said, like, four sentences. Yeah. Uh, Tariq is really disgusted with Saeed, saying that he's a traitor and should be trying to go out guns a-blazing. They're at a standstill. I feel like that's not Saeed's style. Hmm. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. He he understands that um that will accomplish nothing. Yeah, that would actually make it um worse. So yeah. he's like, I cannot be saying that. Sorry. I love that he's lying for him, though. I love the answers, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's just like, uh, yeah, he just spoke a paragraph. Uh, here's, um... Oh, he says he doesn't know. <laughs> he's like, come on, man! Yeah. He says, no, thank you. I am not thirsty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, whoops. Yeah. Robin, you had a gripe about a line in this scene. Which one? I was born, but not yesterday. I, I have no gripe. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, Never you mind. do. What are you talking about? I, I just like, I've heard people say this before. I have a problem with the phrase, I was born, but not yesterday. For no real, I, I mean, it's not a real thing. But I don't mind the phrase. This is so irrelevant. It literally doesn't matter. But I don't mind the phrase, I, was, I wasn't born yesterday. Because it's like, okay, that implies, yes, you are not a baby and I and you're right you are smarter than a baby I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. but saying I was born but not yesterday clearly you were not clearly you have been born you, you are a person. Just this say like, I wasn't born yesterday. This is like the like most funniest, nitpickiest pet peeve. Yeah. I was born, but not yesterday. Obviously, you were born. Were you born yesterday? Great. Good to know. But like, obviously, you were born because I'm If yes, it. wow. That's, yeah. You drank a lot of milk. Yeah. 
whatever. Uh, Saeed meets Kelvin. Kelvin tries to turn Saeed against Tariq by showing him that Tariq was instrumental in an attack that affected his family and killed a lot of people. Saeed tells him that Tariq will never get, will never tell him the info and Kelvin tells Saeed that he's going to have to torture it out of Tariq himself. So here's a fun fact about Kelvin. His name was listed as Joe Inman for the script for one of them, despite never being used in the dialogue for that episode. This was done on purpose because TV Guide has a tendency to name characters even when they aren't referred to by name in the actual episode, and the name Kelvin had already come up in the show. Fans would have instantly tied him to the Kelvin that Desmond mentioned in Orientation. His full name thus is Kelvin Joe Inman. That's genius. Yeah, so they called him Joe in the script because if they had used the word Kelvin, even though it wasn't in the dialogue, people would have found out that he was the same Kelvin. That's awesome. I'm nuts about that. I love that. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. This, this is... I love when... Sorry, No, go you go first. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I love when TV shows have to accommodate super fans. Yeah. And all I was gonna say is I just love... This, this is what got me watching the show so much, or just it, it kept me hooked, was that when all these characters would get integrated throughout all the different like time jumps and stuff like that like oh my god i remember they're from this part this part and that yes. they're from this part and you know what i mean like how that's what this show did so right was that everything everything was tied together mm-hmm. and if you didn't pick up on it right away it, it didn't make you feel any like it didn't make you feel dumb for it no because they would circle back to it later and be like hey do you remember this and you're like oh well now i do <laughs> yeah it wasn't until the second time through i'm like Oh, that's Calvin. That he's from the hat. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> um, the guy who plays Calvin plays Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. That is hilarious. That's awesome. Every time I see him, I'm like, "There's my bud." Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Um, if you look on the video that Kelvin shows Saeed, um, on the very bottom right, it says twenty three one oh eight. 42 i think or 23 for 108 something yeah but it's one of the numbers um so yeah there you go a bunch of numbers cool fun details so fun details um hey Brittany, can you tell me what sarin gas does from what i understand sarin gas basically like eats you from the inside out oh god yeah um i just want to make sure i have that right because i let's see yeah it's like super deadly because it's colorless and odorless um scary Death can occur within one to ten minutes after direct inhalation of a lethal dose due to suffocation from lung muscle paralysis unless antidotes are quickly administered. I'm just trying to... I'm so sure. Yeah, it's used as a weapon of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it actually messes up your whole uh, nervous system. It doesn't... So it doesn't eat you from the inside out like I thought. Death occurs as a result of asphyxia due to the inability to control the muscles involved in breathing. So you suffocate. Yeah. Because... Your body you stopped learning how to breathe. Yeah. 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 That's scary. There's actually a blooper about this, though. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a fun fact. It's just, you know, gotta say the word fun fact so that I can put the little ding dong in there. Okay. <laughs> Although it is believed that sarin gas was used by Iraqi forces in the Iraq Iran War, there is no record of its use in the Gulf War within Iraq or otherwise. Oof. So, um, they, uh, so yeah, <laughs> not necessarily was actually used in this war that Said is living in or is, uh, is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting in. These things happen. Yeah. But this is during the first Gulf War. So this is around 1990 or 1991. Saeed is supposed to be 23. I think Naveen kind of looks like he's in his 20s here. Which is? Oh yeah, they totally... 
Young them up completely. One of the numbers. <laughs> oh my bad, I forgot it was one of the. I was just like, yeah, Naveen looks young. They are. They definitely tried to make him look younger, yeah. and I think they succeed in that oh, for completely. sure. With his little like curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think it's the hair. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, Calvin is trying to turn him against Tariq in this. Um, okay, so Saeed has been torturing for over ten years. Although I think he says that he only did it for six, mm-hmm. um, and then of course he stopped and left the Republican Guard and was living his life, and then just trying to find Nadia. You know, he was just trying to have a normal life. Yeah. Saeed goes in alone with his box of yikes. Box of yikes. Love it. Tariq once again calls him a traitor and tells him to off himself. He spits in Saeed's face, and I guess that's what makes Saeed go for it. He delivers the news to Kelvin. The pilot they were looking for was killed two days ago. He's got bloody hands. Ooh. I like that they don't show us that brutality. I think it's more ominous when you don't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And we don't even hear like any of the screams, even. He just walks right out. You let your mind wander. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to um, watch it. I just, I'm one of those people that has to fast forward that kind of stuff. Yeah, even in, um, I think, Confidence Man in uh, in season one, when they're torturing Sawyer, I'm like, I'm not interested in this content. No, I'm too squeamish. Can't I can't it. watch that kind of stuff. I have a thing with nail yeah. clippers, so, nah. That's fair. One of the things that I picked up was that Tariq says that Saeed is the son of a great hero. And I'm not sure I know a lot about Saeed's dad. So now I'm like, I have to look. Do we ever really learn? I assume they're talking about his dad. I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I don't think they ever really talk much about his family background. Like, wasn't Saeed one of the few male characters that didn't have daddy issues? Well, there's one scene, and I'm not sure if it has occurred or not yet, but it's not really a huge spoiler anyway, but there is a scene where we see young Saeed, and he is like... And his dad, like, forces... Is trying to force his brother to kill a chicken, but his brother won't do it, so Saeed does it, and then he's like, good job, Saeed. Mm -hmm. That's the only other... Only time I think that we know about it, but, um... Oh, there's a Lostpedia page for Saeed's father, so let me look here. Says he was a soldier in the Iraqi Republican Guard, which we knew. Yeah, it just says Tariq sold... Or, sorry, Tariq told Saeed that his father would be ashamed if he knew that Saeed was helping the Americans, describing him as a great hero. But that's all we know. I guess that's all we know. He's just a... He was known as a great hero but we don't know why he tells Saeed to kill himself which we know from Isra so thank you once again so much um that is really offensive like not just regular offensive like hey don't kill tell people to kill themselves it's like the highest offense um in Islam like one of the worst yeah 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 I would never have known that and then spits in his face yeah like if this dude has the power to torture you right now probably not the best to spit in his face yeah he's like hey I know you you can torture me so what if I just really antagonize you? Yeah. Not sure about that. Um, I understand that he's angry, though. Obviously. Oh, for sure. He says that the pilot, unfortunately, was killed two days ago, and he is four kilometers away. Oh, that's a number. And, um... So, in all of the flashbacks here, why is Saeed helping them? Is it just self-preservation? Maybe. Yeah. I think, and because he knew that... I think Saeed adapts any situation he's put in. Mm. So he's like, okay, this is where I have to be right now. And maybe it gives him an excuse to stop fighting for a while. Right. I don't know. What a good question. Why does he help? I definitely think that self-preservation is part of it. It's like, if I don't do this, I'm not sure where the other guys from his like compound went, but it's like, if I don't do this, then what are they going to do to me? And I mean, it's clear that Saeed wants to live because Tariq said like, 
you should be like storming the place, shooting people. You should die a hero. And Saeed's like, no, I'm not really interested in that. Yeah. Just a question I had. Um, so for the last scene in the flashbacks, um, Sam looks at an old photo of Kate reminiscing. They stop and let everyone out. Kelvin tells Saeed that they're leaving, but he's still on the other side, so they can't keep him. Kelvin frames all of this as a positive. Saeed definitely disagrees. Kelvin gives him a bunch of money and they all bounce, leaving Saeed alone in the wilderness. What's he going to do in the wilderness? Yeah, that scene where they- Oh no, clearly he figures it out though. That scene where they pull out, I'm like, oh, there's nothing there, but a perfectly beautiful paved road. Yeah, and pillars of smoke in the background. That's not no yellow brick road. You don't follow that, no. Yeah. Yeah, like, where's he gonna go? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not said. Like, obviously, he finds his way back somewhere. Here's a crap ton of money that's not gonna do you any good right here, but see ya. That's what I was saying, is I was like, what bank are you gonna go to 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 (laughs) turn that into the um the currency that you're yeah. looking for you know what i mean yeah there's a there's a wendy's three blocks down don't worry yeah, yeah. oh my god can you imagine um sam looks at a, a photo of young kate which fun fact is is just a picture of evangeline young evie yeah um but there is an actress later in the series that plays young kate and looking at the picture of evie that they have here and the actress that they cast um it's a pretty good match oh that's cool yeah like, they, they look pretty similar, I think. All right. But what I think is really cool is that Saeed also carries around a picture of somebody he loves. Hurtful. That was hurtful, what you just did. I mean, at this point in his life, he doesn't, but eventually he does. He will, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kelvin's out here acting like he did Saeed a solid, and I just, I can't agree. Yeah. Well, what's that attitude? Yeah. It's over. We're pulling out, not going to Baghdad. So your man Sodom gets to stay in power, which means you, in all likelihood, will remain in his employ. Guess you're lucky you have a new skill set you can use. What you made me do, no human being should ever have to do to another. Uh, and Saeed says, I'll never do that again. And fortunately, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Um, but that's all the thoughts that I had about the episode that aren't spoiler thoughts. Uh, now it's time for segments. So it's first time for our best line award. Um, mine goes to Henry Gale for... We mine non-metallic minerals. I know, everyone wanted to talk to me at cocktail parties. I would talk to him at cocktail parties. The man can still be sarcastic while being held hostage. What an icon. That takes real talent, I'll have you know. Yep. And mine goes to Locke and Jack for Jack, I- Shut up! Jack, I know this is- Shut up. Because it's just like, (laughs) one of the few times I like Jack, it's just, shut up. And I'm like, that's good. Good job, Jack. He has a spine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, And mine is uh, Saeed when Jack asks him, did you do this? He's like, does it look like I have a bow? You shot him with an arrow? Do I have a bow? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I totally found one and shot somebody with it. And then I put it away so that you wouldn't catch me. Except (laughs) that I also brought you my victim. Yeah. Yeah, totally, Jack. Please, I wouldn't want Jack to be mad at me. That's my main concern. (laughs) Can you imagine? So now it's time for Man of Science, Man of Faith. And our, obviously, person that we're focusing on is Saeed. So would you guys say he's more Man of Science or more Man of Faith this episode? I would just go with Faith with his gut. Yeah, I'm Team Mm -hmm. Faith as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it starts with science. You know, it's him being like, we have to do our interrogation. We have to figure it out. But eventually it just got to Faith. Like, he even says, like, he was just kind of trusting himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that moment. But wait, I do have a question because that's obviously current Saeed, but what about past Saeed? Mm, yeah. Because I-, I would argue that he's kind of science because mm-hmm. he's not really going on faith on any of what he does there. Right. Just on what he's being told. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And his own gut, or not his own gut, but like strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Did they do the thing? The thing is when they say the name of the episode in the episode, and they sure did seven times. Oh, wow. He's one of them. You shot this man with no provocation. He is one of them. He is one of them. If I'm not mistaken, she strapped you down. She shocked you all because she thought you were one of them. He is one of them. He is one of them. How I knew for sure that he was one of them. Big fan. There are sometimes stretches of episodes where it's like they don't ever do it. And then last episode, they did it five times. And this episode, they did it seven times. So, Because for a while, it's like people are... I would assume people are like, why do you guys even have this segment? This is why. This is why, yeah. This is the episode. Uh, how many episodes since the last knockout? Alas. Mm-hmm. I don't think we left one. I, I don't think we left zero. Have we ever left zero? Or oh. have we gotten a, have we gotten to two? Um our um 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 our record is four. Okay. Yeah. Um does this episode pass the Bechtel test? Not even close. Not even close. Mm. Just another day ending in Y for Lost though. Anna Lucia Rousseau. I think those are the only two women in the episode. Oh, oh that's just upsetting. Because Said's flashbacks. Wow, I didn't even All men. The Henry storyline. I didn't even know it. All men. Sawyer and Hurley, just dudes. Even just Jin. It's Russo and Anna. Those are the only two women in the episode. I'm depressed now. Ouch. Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to the creators and community at Lostpedia. Um, if you are so inclined, please write us a nice review on iTunes or fill out our survey or both. Ooh. They are in the description. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, we're doing season six at this point. Um, they sh- we should be quite a few episodes in by the time that this episode goes out. So uh, check it out. Cool, 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 cool. If you're a fan of Riverdale or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, we'd like to talk about those shows too. So um, yeah, come check us out. We're trying to figure out Riverdale, but I don't think we ever will. <laughs> season three just uh, ended recently. And by the time that this goes up, we will know who the Gargoyle King is. But at the time of recording, we sure don't. And I, it's killing me inside. We'll still be confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, we are just doing season one right before season three comes out, which uh, when this comes out is like in like a month. <gasps> so get caught up with us over there. Fantastic. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but uh, mostly Twitter, side of Tumblr for Robin's gifts. Please appreciate my gifts. <laughs> um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's expensive. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T. T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> Tell us where we can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hey Zamboni Guy. All one word. Very simple. Hey so. Zamboni I'm- Guy. I'm quite boring, so I'm not very entertaining on there. I'm sorry. So. He's good conversation though. So. Yeah, it's true. I, I try. So. You succeed. I succeed. Bring me a coffee and I'll talk to you for hours. That's all it takes. So. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Join us for our next episode, which is two for two for train. Two for train. Join us for our next episode, which is two fifteen maternity leave. Um, and we're going to be having Angela on there. She is at IRL Writers Block, and we are so excited to have her. Nice. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye, love you, bye. I like you both so much. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Hey! Nice, finally. Oh my god. 
So, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we get into that, though, I have a wow. very important email from Ray, who sent us an email, or and a voicemail last episode, mm-hmm. um, and she sent us something that, about what we said in the spoiler section last episode. Mm-hmm. So this email is about what we said about Sawyer last episode. We had mentioned that Sawyer said um, that he had never done a good thing in his entire life, and we had said, actually, he has done a good thing. He gave all of his money that he got when he was in jail to Clementine. We thought that was a good thing that he did. And she uh, disagreed a little bit and she just wanted to make sure that we all know that she's not trying to be disrespectful at all. And she understands that everybody has different uh, perspectives and different opinions on this, but this is just how she felt about it. And um, I think it's really, really important to talk about everybody else's different perspectives because I mean, that's why we have guests on this one. Yeah. Right. Because we want to make sure that everybody's voice gets heard. So she wanted me to preface it by saying that she's talking specifically about the way it's portrayed in Sawyer's storyline. She's not talking about adoption parents who are unable to be with their children due to mental, physical, locational, or legal reasons. Okay. She doesn't want anybody to get upset if it's a personal situation for them. Okay. So her email goes thusly. After listening to 213, I just wanted to add another perspective on the dialogue you had about Sawyer and Clementine. I wanted to point out that the that the overused absent parent who actually cares from a distance trope can be quite damaging and hurtful to children who have grown up in a similar situation or without knowing one or even both of their biological parents. The trope is often romanticized in media with the missing parent becoming commended as hero for literally having done the least amount of parent responsibility while the single parent whose life has been devoted to raising a child on their own is simply expected. No amount of money can represent love. Sawyer had the opportunity to physically be there for his child and he chose not to. I personally do not find him leaving the money to Clementine commendable in any way. If anything, he should have left the money to Cassidy to help in the cost of raising Clementine. I'm not denying that he had love for Clementine, but that he simply... that. But that simply does not make his actions commendable. Again, in asking Kate to look after Clementine, he could have stayed on the chopper and done so himself. Instead, he left the responsibility and emotional weight of seeking out and looking after a child on another woman. Speaking as a child of a single parent, this means a lot to me, and I cannot stress enough how much this common trope is misused. I don't want to insinuate that my opinion matters more than your own, but possibly when this issue arises on future pods, keep this in the back of your mind. And then she continued to say, like, she's not trying to discredit our conversation that we had at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting thing to say. And I think I got back to her by saying, when I said that it was a good thing that he did, I meant that it was, like, not the worst thing he could have done, which isn't really something to praise someone for. Yeah, um, with Sawyer, it's very much, and I think we recognize this often, praising the bare minimum. Yes. Um, and I... Yeah. Yeah. I will say I too am the child of a single parent with um, a father who had absolutely no interest in knowing me or raising me. And I came at that conversation from the, from the perspective of if he had bothered to help even financially, it would have made me love him, but it would have made me hate him less. Mm. So that's where I'm coming from when I'm having that discussion is, you know, the bare minimum would have been nice. It wouldn't have fixed anything, and it wouldn't have made him a good person, but... But it would have been something. Yeah, it would have... Exactly. It would have been something. Like, recognizing that I exist as a person would have been kind of cool. But since he hasn't done that for me since I was 12, to me, he's dead. So when I give Sawyer credit for that, I guess I'm coming at it from the perspective of um, maybe just like a little bit too personally, but definitely that I would have liked, dude, you weren't in my life. I could have at least used some freaking money to go to school, you Mm -hmm. jerk. 
So yeah, that's where I came yeah. from. Well, I mean, that's what's important about having so many different perspectives, right? It, you can come from it from so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool about this show too, is that it's just like, there's not just one way to view it. Oh, like, for sure. And I'd like, I mean, obviously you even like reading that out and hearing that, I was like, okay, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You know, probably because I was just like way too emotionally involved in it. But I mean, that's a thoughtful comment that should be considered. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you to Ray for once again sending in her thoughts. Um, Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you guys have thoughts on anything that we say, please uh, email us at affectionatospodcast at gmail.com. I don't have any spoiler thoughts regarding the Sawyer and Hurley storyline if you guys don't. No. No. Okay, cool. Um, I want to do flashbacks real quick so that we can like get into the meat of the episode. Um, The only real, I think I had a couple things. My main thing was just Kelvin. Kelvin's the one who was with Desmond down in the hatch. And we see a lot of him in the season two finale, which of course, I think that's when we'll kind of talk about him. He's the one that Des kills, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. By accident. By accident. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, My bad. Yeah, definitely by accident. Yeah. Can you imagine Desmond, like, willingly killing someone? Yeah, it's so funny, because if you go on the Lostpedia page for, like, kills, Desmond has, like, the highest number, because he caused the plane crash. Oh, oh, buddy. Yeah. Oh, poor Des. Um, but that's all I had for the flashbacks as well, so why don't we just start talking about Henry? But Mr. Ben? I guess we can call him Ben now. Henry! Um, Benry, yeah. That's what we called him on the internet back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was like Henry Henry Gale was a meme. Yeah. And we called him Benry. Nice. Danielle knows he's an other because she saw him when he took her baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, why didn't she do more about that? Yeah. She, that's that's the biggest thing that I wrote down is that she she saw him take her baby. But why why doesn't she say that right off the bat? Like, does she forget that that was him? Like, how the hell did she, would she have forgotten that over what in the course of 18 years that that was him like that's the man that took alex like exactly you'd rem- you'd burn that brain into your and burn that face into your brain yeah, yeah. oh my god yes 100 percent. it's interesting she because she was kind of crazed at that point as well because she had just killed her entire like crew yeah and friends that that you know alex was like all she had left it's like i wonder if she even like she knows i bet he looks familiar to her but i don't know if she knows like he was the actual one because it has been 16 years you think i don't know but you would remember that yeah like I will forever remember the mean old bat that sat in front of us on the airplane last year when we were flying overseas. That was so rude to me, my wife, my kid, everything. Mm-hmm. I that and and I will always remember that woman's face. The nun that made my life hell in Catholic school burned in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only other way that I can really explain it is just that. Uh, the lost writers didn't know that it was going to be Ben. At yeah, that point, they had you no know? clue. So right? it's like, yeah. what can you do? All we know is that she knows he's an other, and we can make sense of it by knowing that she saw him before. Yeah. But we can't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it, it works. Mm-hmm. You you can chalk it up to Rousseau's had a traumatic couple decades. Yeah, yeah, she's blocked it from her. Yeah, yeah. Did Ben get caught on purpose? Yes. I see. That's what I was thinking about. I'm like. Did he do this just to infiltrate them? Absolutely. And that's what I kind of, I think so. I think so. Because he, yeah. Goodwin and what's his face? Ethan. Ethan couldn't get the job done. And he knew that when he sent them out there because he purposefully sent Goodwin because he knew that Goodwin would probably die and he wanted to punish Juliet. And it doesn't make sense for yeah. Ben to be walking around there all by himself. Because in that he's outfit. The, like, he's no. like the leader. I mean, please, would Ben ever be caught in that outfit? Come on. Here's the other thing, though, is that then they're like, Michael, we need you to go get Ben back. What? And, yeah, like when Michael, when they're like, 
Michael runs away and they're like, please, Michael. And that's the reason why he kills Anna, Lucia and Libby is because they're like, you, we need, you need to go let Ben go. Like, let Ben yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, the reason why they need him, like, they use it for Michael because the, he has Walt. So they're like, we need two things. We need Ben back and we also need, um, Sawyer, Kate, Hurley and Jack. Can you do that? Then you can get your son back, right? But I assume that, like, not... Ben probably isn't like, yeah, 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 I'll escape. Ben was probably like, yeah, once you get Michael over there, because ultimately you're gonna, because he, because he's gonna be looking for his kid, then just tell him to come and let me go. Or the, or Michael assumed... Michael. Or Ben assumed that someone would come bust him out at some point. Or right. that he would never... He would be able to get himself out. Right. He would be able yeah. to be, like, to manipulate them to trust him. Yeah, because it's like so very said. Ben to underestimate people around him because he doesn't he, i feel like as smart as ben is he never really takes violence into the equation mm. he doesn't expect no. brutality from people he expects everyone to play mental chess like he does yeah well and he eventually does that with Locke too oh my gosh exactly right like why like why do you let him push you around like oh i just i love that so good so good yeah Brittany, you want to talk about how he had not enough of a reaction to the hatch for you i think for me that was a dead giveaway that like he was an other mm. and it's the same thing that scott pointed out with the shoes mm. i think those are both if it could be that the writers lapsed or it could be that those were clues we were supposed to pick up on yeah what do you guys think well we know that he has definitely seen the hatch because we've seen him in expose be in the pearl with juliet watching them in a hatch exactly so uh and of course he would know that it was there yeah um yeah like i look at ben as one of those people that knows that knows what's going on on that island like at all times. Uh-huh. Like not everything, everything, but he knows there's a hatch. He knows that they're there. He knows that, you know what I mean? Yeah. After watching Ben in all of the other seasons, it is so surreal to watch him in this season because um, the whole time, especially in this episode, he is so frantic and you never see him frantic. Like he gets shot by an arrow and I'm like, imagine still acting with an arrow in your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Is this like, yeah. we never see him frantic. We never see him freaking out except for like here. Right. So it's like, is this all acting for him or is it like, there's an arrow in my shoulder, you know, mm-hmm. like it's hard to, it's hard to decipher. Hmm. And uh, this actually goes when- right into the other question you had, which was, did Ben actually pass out or was he, ma- was he acting? I don't know if you can. No, go ahead. I would think anytime you get an arrow to the to the shoulder, you're gonna pass out. Yeah, it's just hard to know because because it's Ben because because I have no barometer of seeing him frantic and freaking out about stuff like he is here. So I don't know. Things to do this weekend: get shot by arrow to find out. Okay, I'll write this down for you. Exactly. <laughs> but like, okay, okay, okay. Remind me: did Ben not get a little bit frantic when he was trying to convince Jack to operate on him? <sighs> I maybe maybe a little bit maybe but if I remember correctly it was kind of just like him talking to Jack like he he just has so much confidence in his speaking ability that he doesn't get frantic because he just knows that he's going to be able to convince them to do something. so he really was putting on yeah I think so but it's like how much of that is acting and how much of it is like you know it's like like we're about to talk about the fact that he knows so much about this balloon and one of the things about in the new Riverdale episode that we just recorded, I talked about Sherlock, and for some reason, I guess I'm going to bring Sherlock up again. But like, um, uh, BBC Sherlock, that is. There's a, at one point when somebody starts this really, really terrible rumor about Sherlock that he's like the evil person, right? That that's making up his own uh, his own mysteries so that he can save them and look like a hero. And 
this is being made up about him. And the reason why people are believing it is because there are pieces of truth in it. And so it's hard for Sherlock to deny it all because there are parts of it that are true. Mm -hmm. So that's why the fact that Ben knows so much about this balloon is because he is, is able to lie so well because he has so many details that are true. Like for example, when they get to that clearing and they do see that the balloon is there and it does have a um, smiley face on it and there is a grave right there. And if they hadn't dug up that grave to find out that that was actually the real Henry Gale, then he would have got he would have got yeah. away with it. He would have got away with it, right? Yeah, because there's so much truth to it. He knows so many details. Does he know too many details? Is yeah. it too many? That's what I'm kind of. That's what I'm thinking. Is like obviously the best lies have a, an element of truth because it makes them you know, unclockable. Yeah. But you can overprepare a lie. I think that's true. Especially because last episode we just learned Sawyer goes, um, Sawyer says like, it's all in the details. And he says last episode, the details are wrong Mm -hmm. and the details are right. Yeah. But there's just so many of them. Yeah. You know, Scott, what do you think? Um, you know, yeah, I really can't believe that he didn't think that they would dig that grave up. Yeah. Yeah. That surprises me. Honestly, that he wouldn't have been like, ah, they'll just take this at face value. They'll think, okay, well, the sh- parachute's there, the grave's there. Like, nah, they'll just leave it. They're not that sadistic. They're not going to dig up a grave. But, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised when they buried the guy, they didn't take his ID and stuff on him, too, and really and hide yeah. that. Do you think that speaks to Ben's arrogance? Because he is an arrogant man. Um, yeah. Definitely. He, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah, I love how narrowed down and memorized that story. Totally. Had. Like, because we don't really know how long. Like, was it was it actually only had been four months when that the real Henry Gale had died? Like, is that is that timeline right? And I I don't um, remember, but did we find out like how the real Henry Gale died and like who buried him? Like, I don't remember. I don't think we ever do. I don't remember. There's there was never a Henry actual Henry Gale flashback episode. <laughs> that would have been so cool. Oh my god, that would have been cool. That would have been metal. Yeah. We don't even know we don't even know who plays him. We don't what? even know who we don't even know the no. guy's name who who was the picture on the ID. Uh let me just I'm going to read this real quick. Oh, at some point he died of a broken neck and was buried in uh near the balloon. So he probably uh, um died on impact it says saeed dug up henry's corpse and that's something that i was actually just thinking about is it's like if it hadn't been saeed because ben gives the map to anna if it had been just anna and charlie going they wouldn't have dug it up he probably i don't know if he counted on saeed going no you know no one counts on saeed yeah in henry's wallet was a minnesota driver's license and a 20 dollar bill with a note to his wife written on it so is she still alive i'm gonna have to look well do you think she ever actually went with him you're right I don't think she's like, oh, it says she's likely to be alive either in the outside world or on the island. Mm -hmm. So either she didn't come with him on the balloon or, or she's another. And maybe that's how she, (gasps) head cannon. What? She's another. And she probably knows all about the balloon. And that's how Ben knows about it. (gasps) Is she told him all the stuff so that he could prepare. I love that. She's like, poses my husband. I'm nuts about that. I made actually. that up. I, I made that. that up. I know you made it up, but I love it. Did we? Do we ever meet a character named Jennifer later on? I don't think we ever do, but that would be just a, like, even just a little side thing where Ben's like, Jennifer, we need you to get this or something like that. Jennifer. Wild. Jennifer. 
It's just a throwaway scene. I just searched Jennifer on Lostpedia. Jennifer was one of the others who attacked the tail survivors camp for a second time on day 12. She tackled Anna Lucia when she tried to stop the others from taking Zach and Emma, but Anna Lucia then struck her with a rock. Hello? There we go. Jennifer's name was mentioned by Ben during a conversation with Anna Lucia in the original script for Two for the Road. However, the scene was deleted in the episode. So we don't know if this is the actual Jennifer or not. But Let's pretend it is. In our minds, it can be. But they, they wrote the name Jennifer both times and Ben knew her name both times. Yep. I'm saying that that's Jennifer and Anna Lucia killed her. Done. I mean, this is, this is canon now in my head. Ooh, the balloon was sponsored and or manufactured by Widmore Corporation. Of course it was. And it was sponsored by Mr. Klux. Oh my God. Yes. I love when everything is connected like this. There's a lot of stuff on the Henry Gale uh, Lostpedia page that I think we should discuss um, in the episode where we actually do see the balloon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But did Ben count on Saeed um, torturing him? Because he knew knew Saeed was there. I don't think that bad. He knew Saeed was there and he knew that Saeed is a torturer. So like, he must have, right? I think he probably thought he could talk his way out of that one too. In the next scene, he says, I was rich. And Saeed goes, was rich? And Ben like takes a second and is just like, guess I'm talking in the past tense. Was that a slip up? Yes. I love- yeah, I think so too. I love that. I think so. Yeah. I was actually nuts about that. Yeah. Because that's like one of the telltale signs like of grief. Yeah. Is just a complete inability to speak in the past tense about someone. Mm-hmm. But his wife's been dead, what, like a couple, what, four months? I guess. And, like, he's been in a weird situation the whole time. Like, uh-uh. Saeed is, like, freaking out about how he would, like, remember and stuff. And um, Ben is like, did you lose someone? As if you don't know about Shannon. No, oh, boy. He knows. Yeah, that's the scene where you're like, no, you're uh-huh. not legit. If you're asking, it's just how his voice just changes. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm trying to find out info. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Because it wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh my god, did you lose someone? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the you question know? of someone who understands, it's a question of someone who wants to know information. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, this is the first of many punches that Ben takes. Okay, so the reason I brought up the, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I've told you this, but where I was like, Michael Emerson can take a punch, uh-huh. is because Henry and Cusick did once accidentally punch Michael Emerson in the face uh-huh. um, in season six. Oh. When he went to, I think in the Flash Sideways, he punched uh ben desmond punches ben um he really did give michael emerson a black eye cool i thought that was incredible that just makes me sad because he seems like such a nice person he He so is he is and like the funniest thing was like he made ian feel so bad about yeah (laughs) like (laughs) Locke says that to to danielle they're like all others right Mm -hmm. so Jin, danielle's relationship with Jin from like way 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 back when does, J- does Danielle ever really see Jin, like, in season one and season two? Like, even when Danielle is with them, like, h- hiking up to the radio tower in season three, Jin stays on the beach to shoot the bombs, you know? Yeah. It's like, I can't remember exactly, but does Danielle ever get to really see Jin? Because wouldn't she also recognize him? Although that's when she, like, starts to go crazy, right? So, like, it makes sense that she wouldn't necessarily recognize him, but it was really weird to her, right? She's like, this man disappeared into thin air you know yeah but to her she was already losing it right so well i mean that was like right 
right as they were just showing up. I think she's in a constant state of losing it. Yeah, yeah, true. The last thing that I like really had to talk about in the spoiler section here until if we want to go off some more, we can. But the the hieroglyphs in the uh, in the hatch once it goes off, the person who designed the entire hatch is named Stuart Rudzinski. Sup, my dude? Oh my god. Um, y'all are putting hieroglyphs in here that mean die? He was like, well, I did it for the aesthetic. He's like, um, yeah, I just wanted to confuse people later as if it's ever gonna get down that far. We're gonna keep pressing the button. Can you imagine putting that order in? Be like, hey, can you stick some hieroglyphs in here? And can you make them spell out die? And he's like, I don't know, I can do underworld. (laughs) So. He was a messed up man anyways. He was always so worried that everyone was gonna see the drawings and find out and stuff like that. Good point. That hostile saw the swan. He's like, dude. You need to so, calm down. Are they gonna go build it? As if Saeed hasn't hung out in the swan before. Sure. Uh, um, do you guys have any other thoughts? Mm, not over. No. Cool. I think that was a dope pod. I think so. Cool. Uh, once again, Scott, thank you so much for joining us this episode. Yeah, it was so awesome. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. This was the one I was excited to talk about. So. <laughs> I know you like called dibs on it like super super early. That was awesome. That was that was the very first time I'd ever talked to you guys. So. Oh yeah, you were like, "Can I have this one?" And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, and then you and then you were like, "Why?" And he was like, "Ben." And I was like, "That's my man." Because when uh, oh, yeah. when we had you on in season one, I think we had had like a cancellation or something, and we asked you to come on. Yeah. And this is your fourth yeah. episode with us. He's good at the pod, which is one of the numbers. Yeah, because I did I did two on episode one, including like a like a mid season roundup, and then fire and water. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> And no, this one, but yeah, no, Ben, but I'm one of those people, I like the really, really bad characters. Like, I yep. love Prison Break, and like, Theodore Bagwell is right up there with me with one of the best characters ever on TV, but he's a terrible person, like, terrible. What are your Kimi thoughts? <sighs> I feel like Kimi doesn't actually have a lot of complexity like Ben does. I don't, you know... The man likes his fried eggs. Say that. He makes good eggs. <laughs> he makes good eggs. He, the character, the, the, the actor plays him really, really well. Like, I like that he's always got, like. He has so much fun. Yeah, that yeah. he's got almost like that little bit of, like, like, like he's got, like, dip in his mouth, like, all the time where his mouth's just sticking yeah. out. Yep. Um, I, that's still one of those things when, like, when they killed Alex on the show, I was like, holy, like, right? I actually like, mm-hmm. holy, did they actually do this? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, it yeah. happens, you know, like, wait, yes. like, that was fake, right? And yeah. it was like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were just talking about like, that on the, on the 100 pod. Oh, like, when they kill. Yeah, like, um, um when, when, like, in 602, when she's, like, putting in the, the thing, and I was, or the the code to like let them through and um i was thinking that maybe she put in like a different code to make it like a 14j that episode is messed up it was like (laughs) a bad steroid rage mixed with an acid trip yeah um but we will have you back next season for another saeed episode we'll talk about enter 77 yes you bet so that is gonna be super fun um can you tell us one more time what your twitter is please uh my twitter is at hey zamboni guy um, you'll find I will tweet random stuff about Disneyland, Lost, and ra- good old wrestling. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you can find it in the description if you don't know how to spell Zamboni. <laughs> but if you're a yeah, good Canadian, you, you do! Yeah. yeah, if you don't know how to spell Zamboni, then 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y. Pretty much everywhere. Like, pick something and search Robin E. Jeffrey. I'm probably there. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I wish that was this true for me. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. Yeah, hers are just like different variations on Britney. No, everywhere. they're all they're all Britannia now. Oh, it's just that some. Uh, people squatted on those names years ago and never used the account, so now I'm stuck with variations of them. Yeah. Uh, you can follow at the Aficionados all over the place, mostly Twitter, side of Tumblr. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it. Yeah, it's offensive. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye! Love you, bye! Love you, bye! Here with a little ranch, they taste just like chicken.